welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. This is episode 111. As always, you can check this podcast out on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review. It helps out greatly. You can also now listen to this podcast on Spotify. You can send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Hit us up on Facebook at the Facebook Dojo Talk Podcast page. And you can hit me up on Twitter at Serial Sensei. With that being said, as always, I'm joined with my co-host, the Anti-Cool. What's going on, man? Uh, another week, another burgeoning New York hip-hop artist uh, on the cusp of superstardom. It self-incriminates himself and is sent to jail. Nothing <laughs> <So, laughs> new. Yeah, the world... The world keeps spinning. So is it safe to say that Takashi... Well, I'm not going to stay on this long, but... Is, is, he, is, he, is, he, is he officially a rat? Uh, yeah. Is that the, that the uh, consensus? That, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's always been a rat. He, he was riding around Chicago with the police. Like... It, it, just, caught, it, it just, just finally bit him in the ass. Oh, you, you internet kids. Bobby Schmurter died for nothing. Because <laughs> nobody learned. <laughs> nobody <laughs> ever learns. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really listen to him, but, and this is a whole I mean, side tangent, but. It's terrible. Why would you? But it's just like, you, you watch him from like a distance, and it's like, you kind of. You, you can see, like, the kid had the world at his fingertips. And I get it, like, the trolling is kind of what got you on. So, alright, whatever. It was stupid, but whatever. It, it worked, apparently. But, like, eventually that gimmick just kind of, you know, you can't, you can't do that forever. But, you know, he, he's going to find that out. Uh, I, like to, I like to point out that being arrested saved, like, literally saved his life. They arrested him because he fired his like management crew which were all gangbangers and they were all going to super violate him with bullets yeah they had to get him out of there yeah so like the fact that he's saved his life probably so he probably doesn't see it that way do you watch do you watch daredevil uh not like i probably should but no okay it's gonna make a wilson fist snitch joke but (laughs) oh did he snitch in season three yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoiler. <laughs> well, uh, well. I mean, everybody knows he's back, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, he snitched, but it was kind of a setup. I, I know it. That that I can't get it too deep into it. But yeah, but e- either way, man. Uh, the, the just more little the Takashi six nine story. Whether you know who he is or not, um, you know, like the internet is one thing, but like there's still real life when you have to go outside. You know, 
still you still have to deal with uh real people and, and real things uh you can't uh you can't tweet when you're in the streets like physically in the streets it doesn't it doesn't really work like that i mean but, he, was, he was out there robbing people on instagram like live stream <sighs> i don't know man you internet children no i sound like the old guy but no you, you guys are just the internet children do your dirt in private yes that's, that's don't don't report yeah get, get it get it together or just but, don't uh, do it yeah or yeah that's really the start just don't do it but yeah just just don't do it be be, be above be above the influence <laughs> but that's 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 it for that kid um Moving on, top cities, uh, listeners for the week. Uh, as always, thank you everybody from Tumblr who uh, posts reblogs and Twitter folk. Uh, all you guys out there definitely appreciate it. Top cities for the week, uh, as far as listens go, number one, El Cerrito, California. Number two, Monticello, New York. Number three, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Number four, Mountain View, California. And number five, Torrance, California, right outside of number five uh, with Farnham in the UK. So shout out to you guys. Stokes must have got back on the street team. California's up here a bunch. So <laughs> I'm assuming Stokes was handing out flyers or something. <laughs> Little rat cards. Right. <laughs> we give Stokes all the credit for all the California listeners. But uh, appreciate you guys, man, uh, for listening to us. So it's been a week, man. It's been a week in mma boy 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 oh boy um don't these move so fast yeah yeah but i'm like chuck liddell (laughs) (laughs) we'll we'll get to that last night like the year was moving fast and then after last night everything slowed down everything literally and, and figuratively slowed down and I felt like that fight gave me a glimpse to see life as, as into what it really is, and it's not good. It's you, just. <laughs> you want to know what last night was? Like, if, if you're if you're a combat sports fan and like, you know, like you're you're kind of just used to the idea of people beating the crap out of each other, but but like Chuck Tito three is basically just how normal people see combat sports. <laughs> <laughs> like period. <laughs> Oh man, like I, oh, you know what? I can't. We'll, we'll we'll get to it eventually, um. But we'll 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 put Chuck and Tito on the back burner, uh, for now. I will say after Tito did the grave dig, I was like, you need to make the grave bigger so both of you can jump. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we'll get to that in, in in a few um news and notes for the week um. I mean, aside from, like, the fights, it, it hasn't been the busiest MMA week, uh, but still a couple of, uh, a few notable fights and, and other news worth mentioning. Uh, so probably the big one that broke um, yesterday, at least at the time of this recording, um, Anderson Silva uh, coming back, UFC 234, February 9th. He will be fighting Israel Adesanya. Um Apparently we're just we're just feeding the old people to the lions like that's just the thing now. Um, that's that's the business. Yeah, that's. There's only so many resources in this game, my man. So the young must feed 
on the carcasses of the old to sustain, to oh, sustain bothered themselves. Me. What really bothered me when I saw, when I was like reading people's uh, uh, thoughts and like reactions to this headline, like people were saying like, oh, this is a, a passing of the torch. And I'm like, no, this is not a passing of the torch. He, Anderson doesn't have the torch anymore. <laughs> this, is, this is Anderson Silva getting mugged at like a gas station at like four in the morning. Basically. <laughs> like, is, like, there is no torch. Like, you can't pass the torch if you don't have it. He was trying to get the torch back, and he never quite made it back to get the torch. And now he's really not about to get the torch. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I hope you're ready for like 15 minutes of Israel Sunny just picking apart Anderson Silva. Like, I don't think he finishes him because I don't think Anderson Silva is going to give him the looks that he's going to need to finish him. But he's going to make him look silly. There was like a small part of me that thought like maybe he can steal a round. I mean, it's possible. Or, or maybe... I don't, I don't know. And it's not that... Anderson is, I mean, all right, he's obviously not Anderson of old, obviously, if you've seen his last few fights. Um, he, he's still, but he's just slower. And the way, like, a lot of his game works is, is a lot based on, like, reaction time, like fast twitch motion, being able to get out of the way real quick and fire back real quick. So, like, Anderson without his speed is, like, you know, just a, just a competent kickboxer. Yeah, yeah, basically. And but it, and Anderson's not like Tito and Chuck or like what whatever is left of um uh what's his face uh like Jail Sonnen or whatever. Like he he's still legitimately like a top ten middleweight. It's just that like there's a point in the top ten where like. You're having highly competitive fights with Derek Brunson, and then you're just blowing him out the water. Yeah. I I think the only part of this uh, gives me hope that Anderson will at least put on a halfway decent performance is that at least we know with Adesanya, he's not spamming takedowns. And so Anderson pretty much knows going into the fight, barring Adesanya just does something crazy. He'll, he'll at least be in his comfort zone. He's going to be with somebody who's literally just, they're just going to stand and strike. No, nobody's spamming takedowns. I don't think that's going to be a thing. So at least he'll be comfortable in there up until he possibly eats right hand. Or... See, just because he said that, I'm going to go uh, <laughs> you know. Adesanya by Imanari roll into like a hero. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, People were saying this is worse than Chuck Tito. You guys are crazy. There's nothing worse than Chuck and Tito. There's nothing worse, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but I just, I worry. I don't want to see Anderson get styled on. And I'm, I'm afraid that might happen. Yeah, tough, tough. Yeah. But, you know. Oh, and props to Anderson for taking the fight. We'll get to that fight when we get to it. Chuck, uh, shouts to Anderson for taking the fight because he really doesn't need to at this point. Mm. Like, he probably could have held out for 
you know, an old person fight. Um, you know, someone more his speed. But hell, if he held out long enough, he might have actually gotten the Conor McGregor fight. <laughs> Which, uh, I don't know. Because I'm just like, uh, like but <laughs> well, oh god. Oh yeah, so that I just I the the Conor fight. I don't even understand how that would have even came to be. Like, yeah, Conor weight like at the most we've ever seen is like one sixty seven. Yeah, and I don't think. Anderson, especially at like forty, whatever he, age he is, he's he's not cutting down to like one seventy. So I don't understand how that fight even would have. Connor weighs in and like uh, his like three piece suit. Even would have happened. So he but... goes up to like one seventy one. They probably have to let him wear shoes. You <laughs> <laughs> could be like Roy Nelson. There you go. Got to got to have the shoes on. But no, uh, we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on that fight. That'll that'll be a thing. Uh, there, there's still time one of them can pull out. That's that's my only hope. But uh, moving on down the news list, uh, the only other fight announcement that, or at least UFC-wise that I wrote down, uh, Randy Brown versus Chance uh, Recounter at UFC Brooklyn. Uh, moving on to other UFC news that are not fight-related, uh, UFC is planning to open a multi-million dollar performance institute uh, in Shanghai over in China. Uh, the institute uh, from what I read, is going to be really, really big. I can't remember the measurements, but they said it's going to be about three times as large as the one in Vegas. Um, and it will pretty much act as a training hub to develop and support athletes from China and the pretty much the entire like Asia-Pacific region. So, um... I hope those people... I like, like, I hope those people got money. Because... As far as I know, Asia is not like Europe, where like you have a passport or what, or you have a citizenship, and you can just cross country lines willy nilly. Like, if you're somebody from the Philippines, you got to pay your own way, like visa and everything, to go to China and just go train in Shanghai, which is one of the most expensive cities in the world. So, I don't know, but I mean, I mean, it's cool. Yeah, I, I like it in the sense that I, I, I guess if anything, it shows that they're definitely serious about, I guess, trying to break into that market and really tap into that. So that that's cool on that on that front. And I would hope <laughs> as big as they're making this institute seem, I, I hope it works out because it, it I didn't, you know, I don't know what the exact figure amount, but to spend that much money, you, you definitely want to get return on investment. So I just I, I hope it, it pans out. Um but I, I think it's, it's a good thing if it does work out because it, it means that at best we'll we'll get more Asian prospects. Um, hopefully, like the just the quality of fighters over there will increase. You you would think you you would hope right. if 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 all pans out. But um, no, good 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 on UFC. I I like the move. I, ho- I hope it works out. Um, and I, I think that's dope for those fighters over there. Now you have just another. Another place you can go to, um, to kind of you know hone in on your skills and and all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, so. uh, it's still funny to me because there's only like ten Chinese fighters in the UFC. Hey man, those those ten, six of those ten did really good. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. Maybe it'll just influence other people to give it a try. You know, maybe other 
I mean, I'm not really sure what like the Chinese like athlete scene really looks like, but maybe they're like I'm. I'm curious what it looks like, like like on a random Monday morning, like three months from now, where like, okay, are all the fighters from like the UFC fighters from Asia just like congregating there, or is it just empty, or is it just like a bunch of like rich hobbyists who are like. Hey, I heard, I heard you opened a, a fancy UFC gym here. Can I join? <laughs> oh man, well, we'll see. I, I I hope it turns out to be legit. It better be because that's a lot of money uh, potentially down the drain if it doesn't pan out. I mean, it's not the UFC's money, so some somebody won't be happy. Air, Air, Air China is sponsoring him, so I assume like. I don't think they really care. Well, they probably care in so much as they want an Asian champion to be in, like, the commercials and stuff. Be like, he's a flyer, China. <laughs> and then, so, they, then they have a little scene where he has to put the belt, or she has to put the belt in the, the overhead compartment. <laughs> it's all a commercial ploy. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm assuming they get, like, exclusive sponsorship rights, like, right out the gate if they ever manage to get a champion. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Um, but uh, that's pretty... Well, there's one other piece of UFC news, uh, but I'll save that story for last. Um, moving on to Bellator, they got a few big fights going on and other signees, uh, so... At Bellator 214, we'll have Gegar Mousasi defending his middleweight title versus uh, Rafael Lovato Jr. Um, Bellator 212, we got Sam Cecilia facing off against Derek Campos. Um, Bellator 210, we have Joe Warren versus Sean Bunch. Uh, also, Gerald Harris versus Haracho uh, Dar- Darpinion, if I'm saying that correct. A quick note on Bellator 210, uh, and we recently, like, literally just talked about this right before recording. Uh, Bellator 210 is a really good card, but the ordering of the card, um, if it's the way we saw it, is very puzzling. Um, like, I'm not the biggest Joe Warren fan, but Joe Warren's on a prelim, and that's... <laughs> it's not like this card is so stacked that Joe Warren couldn't, like, wasn't worthy of being on the main card. Yeah, like... I said, like, David Rickles is the co-main event, and I can't remember who he's fighting, but, like, you telling me welterweight, lightweight championship anytime soon? Oh. And I don't like it's a tournament belt or anything. So, like, I don't get that, like, like, wait, who are the names that are on the prelims for this card? Is a prelim fight. Um, Mike Pittman is a prelim fight. Chris Honeycutt is on the prelim fight. Like, it, it feels like you could have split. Joe Schilling is on a prelim fight. It feels Gerald Harris. Like, it, it feels like he could have easily just stuck them on the card that was happening the next day that literally has nobody on it that anybody cares about. But. Bellator decided that no, we need to have Daniel Vigil fighting in Oklahoma instead of Italy. <laughs> because of reasons. Uh, re- reasons unknown. Yeah, but Bellator just they can never quite get it all together. They 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 they'll have a nice like streak 
a couple weeks where it's like, man, I really like what they're doing, and then they... Well, it's like they do something you like. Like, they put on a really good card, which 210 really is, but then they're like, okay, we need to have Chitty and Jaquani and John Sulzer headline or for the, or lightweight contenders, like, waste away in the prelims. Yeah. Like, all, all respect in the world to Chitty and Jaquani, like, even if he does beat Sulzer... And that makes him next in line to fight, like, the winner of Gegard, um, Lovato, which is probably going to be Gegard, but, like, I, I'm not more hyped for that fight. And, uh, I know he's been different since he moved to 185, but, like, Chitty is, Chitty has been some really bad fights. Like, some really dull clunkers, so, why is he headlining? And I, I get that both the Manhole first, but like I feel like you could easily switch this one out. Well, we'll see. Maybe maybe they got some some master plan. I doubt it, but <laughs> I mean that's what, the, that's what all the fighters say about Coker. Like he has this master plan, and we're all a part of it. And I'm like, yeah, there's no way you are a part of this plan, my guy. Like, there's a reason he spent half a million dollars on signing like Gegger Musasi, and you're over here. Um, you know, you're making two and two. I'm about to say, this is the longest master plan <laughs> that I've ever seen, if it is one. Yeah, it's going on like five years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you hope that the zone thing works out for them so they actually make money. And Viacom's not like, hmm, we should totally get rid of this one department. Oh boy, the tape tape delays in 2018. I mean, the nerve. <laughs> like you have the freaking streaming service, guys. <laughs> like did, it, did 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 freaking um Mike Goldberg and, and uh Big John McCarthy just not want to go into a booth at like four o'clock in the afternoon U.S. time? Were they just like, no, we only record at nine o'clock? Damn it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. But you know, but Bellator going going Bellator. Um, but last last bit of, of news for them. Uh, I will give them props at least, you know, for for signing. They're they're making making an effort to reach out and sign new talent. Um, so they have two new signings as of recent. Um, they signed 2014 IBJJF uh, World No Gi Champion uh, AJ. Agasarm, if I'm saying that correct, and they also signed a fourth Dan Taekwondo black belt and former member of the U.S. Olympic team, uh, Valerie Lareda. Uh, so, you know, keep keep an eye uh, on that, see how they progress. Uh, outside of Bellator, over in PFL, Kayla Harrison will be returning against Moriel Charneski at PFL 11, and in boxing news, uh, all signs are pointing towards uh, Terrence Crawford's next fight will be against Luis uh, Colazzo. Uh, and it's looking like that'll go down uh, March 23rd uh, of next year. So that'll be um, a thing. Um, so, I'm sorry, but real quick. So, like, the, the do you know the Lopez family? Mm-hmm. Or the, um, the, the Lopez family are the people at Taekwondo at the Olympics for like years and like if uh, 
him. He was the uh, he he's like an Olympian. He won twice. I just found out he got banned from safe sport, which out of here in the U.S. Uh, not the government, the Center for Safe Sport, which is where like the U.S. Taekwondo team trains, I guess. For sexual misconduct with a minor. No. Yeah. Crazy. Because uh, my thought process was like obviously like uh, signed one Taekwondo person, but they didn't get the other ones, like the ones that were actually famous, and now I know why. Yeah, can't have that uh looming around. I mean, they they signed war. Oh yeah, that was. Uh... Ah man, that was a Bjorn it... error decision, but like didn't they put um didn't they use like his jail thing as promo? Well, they they they. Included the jail, like the the cell clang. So like he was speaking, and then you all you hear is like a cell clang in the background. It was supposed to be like badass. It, it was back when they used to do like the the tough Russian uh, Russian voiceover guy in the promos, yeah. <laughs> like old school like wrestling tactics. <laughs> where's Where's Bjorn now? What is he doing? Uh, he was doing the AAA MMAAFF. A whatever business, but like that sizzled out because people realized Bjorn was involved. Oh boy. Now I'm assuming he's just sitting back, relaxing, cutting his, uh, counting his severance checks from Bellator, Viacom, being like, y'all stole my baby. <laughs> I'll say if he manages the money well, I don't feel like he should be okay. He, he ran the Bellator ship for a pretty. For a pretty long time. I'll never get over reading like the Bellator proposal and like they send out the investors where they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna make a hundred million dollars a pay per view a year. Just give us three years, and we're like, <laughs> we're like seven years later, and like Bellator can't even scrap together a pay per view that does like two hundred thousand buys." Yeah, going out on the. Uh... I don't know. It was a different time back then. You could throw shit on, like, you could throw shit against the wall and sell 300,000 pay-per-views, but still. That, that's insane. Yeah, times have changed now. People aren't, uh... People are very savvy. Yeah. <laughs> can't, uh, can't, can't pull those shenanigans off anymore. They know what they want, and they want memes, bro. Nothing but memes. Yeah. I wonder how Bjorn felt about Tito and Chuck 3. He's probably mad he could have fucking... Because <laughs> that, that definitely is a fight that could have happened in Bellator back in, like, 2014. That's a fight that could have happened in Bellator this past year. <laughs> I legit think the only reason it didn't happen in Bellator is because, um... <clears throat> one, Chuck is probably somewhat loyal to Dana. And two... Um, Dada uh, Kimbo probably was like, okay, if we put Chuck in the cage and he dies like three months later, we're never going to hear the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Boy, oh boy. Speak. Uh, we'll save it for we took out the fight. Yeah. <laughs> so much. Uh, but se- segueing from one bad story to another, um, so if you haven't heard by now, uh, and I actually just clicked on a recent article of this Rachel Ostevich situation, 
Um, so originally when the Rachel Ostevich story broke, um, I think uh, her boyfriend Arnold uh, Burden was being charged with murder. So the, the headline I'm just reading, this is from uh, MMAfighting.com. Attempted murder. Well, they have it. Uh, 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 the headline is Arnold Burden released on 75K bond after uh, alleged attack on Rachel. Charges reclassified as a second degree assault, uh, which is a felony. Yes. Uh, in Hawaii. Um, cause, yeah, because the, the charge was, rec- was a recently like murder. So it's been reclassified. Uh, but for those who don't know, um, I guess this happened Sunday morning uh, in their home. I, the details are still kind of murky because I don't know like what led up to anything. But like pretty much the only details that are out is Arnold, for whatever reason, just started hitting her. Like she had bruises. Apparently she was bleeding. Um, yeah, like it just it was bad. It it, it was really bad. Um, and apparently bad enough. His original charge was attempted murder. murder. Right. So that that can give you an idea of how bad it was. And apparently he has a, I think I read, I don't know if it was in this article or another one. Um, but yeah, this one uh, says, this isn't the first time um, in May 6th he had an incident where it says he allegedly punched her legs, leaving bruises. So apparently he's just, he's been wilding out for a while. And I guess we're just kind of just now um, finding out about it. Um, yeah, uh, Rachel's quote uh, says, uh, Burden repeatedly punched her on the head, face, ribs, making me fall to the ground. Uh, said she coughed up blood. Uh, she had a cracked orbital bone. So it, yeah, it was, it was terrible. Um, says also that she or she filed for a temporary restraining order. Um, okay, it was granted earlier this week. The temporary restraining order um, also includes the five-year-old daughter they have together. The, uh, together, the order says Burden is not able to legally. Uh, get with uh, yeah, get within a hundred feet of Ostevich or his daughter until May eighteenth, two thousand nine. So I'm gonna assume, I guess, maybe that'll be around like when the court case happens or whatever. But um, yeah. So I mean, needless to say, the fight she had with um Van Zant is definitely not happening. And this is just yeah, this, this is just kind of trash. Like this is just. Ugh. I, I, I don't I never really know what to say in, in things like because it's just kind of like I just I just saw this headline and it was like what like when I when I saw the first headline that broke I didn't know it was like domestic violence like I thought it was just like because the headline had just said something like UFC fighter Rachel Ostevich has been attacked so I was just like oh like did she get into like an altercation like maybe she was out and about and got like an argument with somebody was it some like that but yeah, then, then it comes out that, you know, it's her boyfriend, who's also an MMA fighter. Thought it was funny he got knocked out by Tyson Nam. That made me chuckle. Um, but, yeah, so he's just apparently just been trash this whole time. So, yeah. yeah. Remember when Dana said a couple months ago that he's thinking about bringing Greg Hardy to the USA? Yeah. 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 So. So, yeah. You make of... Make make of that what you will, but you know, just well, well wishes of Rachel. Um, I hope even with this restraining order that she can stay safe because some some people don't care about restraining orders. Like, I mean, if, if you're if the you, type of person who does 
who wilds out to the point where you, somebody can get a restraining needs a restraining order against you. I'm assuming that you don't. Yeah, you're like the type of person who just does not give a fuck. Yeah. So ho- hopefully she's able to to stay safe. Um, I'd imagine hopefully we'll hear about a court case or something coming up soon. But you know, just well wishes to her. Well wishes to the kid too. That's 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 a rough thing to see because I think the kid's like five. Yeah. That's that's kind of wild to see something like that at five years old. Like that kid is probably gonna be like scarred for that for like life. Like that's probably really gonna mess you up. Um. But yeah, man, just, just well well wishes to Rachel. Ho- hopefully she recovers. Um. Okay. Hopefully she's just able to get back on track. That's kind of like a traumatic. Especially now that you see, cause it seems like it's a, a pattern. That's something that has been going on for a while. Like, hopefully she can just mentally get back on track. Forget, like, fighting and all of that. Just as a normal person, just trying to get through life. Like, hopefully she can just find a way to get back on track and then find find some way to push forward. Right. Uh, but that's sad, and I don't want to talk about sad stuff anymore. So it's tough. Do you know what? Do you know what day we're talking about? We're in the afterglow of Tito Ortiz, Chuck Liddell three. Can I talk about one thing happy first before we get to that? <laughs> one 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 happy thing. Okay. I ain't happy. Just... Uh, I got. I. Uh, I mean, I, I know where you can get some great car insurance. Just oh. right. <laughs> <laughs> They got sponsor of the year. <laughs> One one happy thing, real quick, before we move on to, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I gotta give a quick mention of one championship. They had a card, uh, early, early, bright and early Friday. I think it was Friday morning. Uh, one championship, eighty five. Uh, this marked the return of Brandon Vera, who had been out for like two years, something like that. He he's been MIA for a while. Um, yeah, uh, he hasn't. Uh, he's the funniest been, uh, thing about Brendan Vera being a MIA is that he spent his entire two years talking about how great one FC is. I'm sorry, one championship is how they respect fighters, and he hasn't fought in like two years. Well, apparently he was in a movie. Yeah. Whatever this, uh, an action movie called By Bust. Oh, it's the biggest movie in the Philippines. So, apparently he's a movie star over there now. So I don't know. Guess he's he's. He's on to other to other things, but either way, uh, he he came back from a pretty much like a two year hiatus. Um, he fought Mauro Cirilli, who I want to say was a champion in like, I want to say Cage Warriors. I don't know if it's Cage Warriors. He was a champion in some other organization. Um, but either way, uh, Brandon Vera shut his lights out uh, within a round. Um, they had a few exchanges. Mauro tried to rush him. Vera caught him with a left hook, and just uh. You saw Cirilli's eyes do that look into the air where he had no idea what was going on. And uh, that was pretty much it. So props to Vera. Comes back from a two-year layoff. Uh, ends the fight within a round. So shout out to him. Uh, also on that card, uh, the vacant lightweight title uh, was claimed. Uh, Edward Fulayang had uh, his lightweight title fight. Well, I can't say his. It wasn't his belt. But vacant title fight between him and Amir Khan. Um, it was a really good fight. Um Fulham kind of poured it on him though. He was really, he was really out there getting it, man. He was really, really pouring it on Amir. And Khan's had a really good streak as of late. But um, 
Edward Falayang had a really good performance, so he is now the two-time uh, lightweight champion over at one. So congrats to him. I'm um, also on that card. Uh, Bonario uh, Bonario uh, finds himself back in the win column. He got a decision win over Daesung Park. And uh, LFA alumni, James Nakashima, made his way over to one championship. Uh, he's still undefeated now at 10-0 and after getting a unanimous decision. Uh, he's fighting at middleweight. Uh, he fought Raymond Magomed Dali. Um, so shout-outs to Makashima. Norm- normally a lot of the LFA guys end up in the UFC, but he made his way over to one. So shout-outs to him um, for, for uh, staying undefeated. Uh, all right. I- I've been trying to stall on Chuck Tito 3, but I don't have anything else. So <laughs> To just go right into it, uh, Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, Golden Boy MMA. Uh, this this card went down uh, last night in Inglewood, California. Um, so I, I can't mention uh, before we get to Chuck and Tito. Uh, some other fights that happened on this card that maybe you guys might not care about. I didn't watch any of these minus the main event. Uh, but Deron Wynn, who from what I understand trains with um, Cormier. Um, he got a unanimous decision over Tom Lawler. Gleason Tibau won his first fight in I forgot how many years, but uh, he defeated uh, Efrain Escadero via unanimous decision. Uh, Ricardo Palios put the pause on Willil Watson, uh, KO'd him. Uh, Jay Silva defeated Oscar Cota via uh, submission, and James Barnes defeated James Barnes defeated Albert Morales uh, via armbar. So that was the main card, and uh, I guess we can get to this main event. <laughs> Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz. Did, did you did you see like the did you watch like the intro? Oh yeah, I watched the walkout. Oh my! Well, walk is a very, very um. I, I don't feel it's appropriate for how Chuck Liddell. Maneuvered his way to the cage. <laughs> it was more like waddled. He waddled his way to the cage. He looked like he was in pain the entire time. And he probably was. Yeah. Like this, this walk to the cage was like the most exercise he had done outside of hitting the pads and that that workout. And it, it looked painful. Um, I knew this fight was going to be terrible when I heard, like, just the entrance music. It it just... This was just a recipe for disaster from the jump. Um, Before we get into the actual fight proper, um, so the setup of the forum from the, 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 shade, the, the shade of blue to the sponsors to the fact that when the hard camera for the um, the entrance... There was nobody sitting near those, the, the, like, the fighters as they walked out, so the place just looked constantly empty. <laughs> like, the fact that they, they, they really went old school and made it look like a 10, 12-year-old UFC event and just had, like, a really dark, gringy-looking, like, back, like, backdrop and everything. Perfect. Yeah, we, they, 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 they took us back to 2003. And they, they they tried to make us feel good by having Chuck wear like his patented you know blue shorts, 
and and then Tito was out there with his 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 fire shorts. They they tried really hard. They did the best. Yeah, they 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 tried to give us that nostalgia. And that's what makes they, it sad. Yeah, yeah, they they tried. Um. So as for the fight itself, if you, if you can call it that, um, um, it was basically just Tito working up the courage to throw his right hand. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like this. <laughs> Chuck Liddell was just like constantly falling down. He wasn't just like circling. <laughs> if he stopped moving his feet, he would just falling over. <laughs> this might have been the first time in history that I ever. I'm not saying I was rooting for Tito. But after about 30 seconds, like, Tito, if you don't finish this fight, because if, listen, man, like, when I watch fights, you know, I'm, I'm very big on, like, watching people's, like, body language and just, but body language tells you a lot. Like, movement can tell you a lot. And movement and body language in this fight was telling me that, one, Tito was, was I guess because Tito fought recently, I thought he was going to look a little more, what's the word, like lively. But he looked really old, too. Just not as old as Chuck. Chuck looked like he had one foot in the grave. This fight was like your two uncles who got in a fight at the barbecue. And this this was the result. And just when when Chuck would throw... I guess those were punches. I don't know. But... <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, I don't... When... Chuck, Chuck legit threw like three punches this whole fight, and he fell down on the very first one he threw. <laughs> when Chuck would throw whatever those were, it looked really just painful and stiff and... Slow. Mind just, you, Chuck has never been a very fluid guy. He's always kind of looked stiff, but but this was this was extra. This next was, level shit, bro. Yeah, this this like it, it looked like what, what was that Adam Sandler movie when he had the remote controller? Click. Yeah, this like somebody just pressed the 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 slow motion feature and just times like five and they just let it run the entire fight because i didn't understand like see i don't know if tito had ptsd from the old knockouts i'm assuming that's what it was like he was so tentative but like if you just looked at the way they moved it was clear to see like they're both old but looking at body movement i can tell who's at least fought recently and who has no business putting on gloves walking down here just and I was just looking at T like, dude, just if you rush him one time, it's over. Like, but uh, 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 can I just come out and say something? Tito Ortiz is still a good fighter. <laughs> like, like I'm not, I'm not. Dude's not gonna go and fight and like win the belt. Well, he might, but he, he he's not gonna go and just win the Bellator heavyweight Grand Prix or like storm his way up to like the the Baron U, uh, UFC like heavyweight division, but like. You'd struggle to find a dude on the the U.S. regional circuit who's two hundred five, who could beat Tito Ortiz, even in his current form. You know what I mean? He's, st- he's still competent. He's oh. still yes, absolutely. It, it's kind of like the it's like the Anderson effect. Like he he still does what he normally does. He's just not very the speed and explosion and all that just isn't really there anymore. Right. 
like, but Tito could still wrestle. Like he beat Chael Sonnen, who beat what's his face, um, Rampage, and Rampage is still a competent two hundred fiver. Yeah, it. He, like, okay, he's still a competent fighter. That's why I'll put it. Yeah. Tito, Chuck Liddell is not. Mm. Chuck, Chuck Liddell looks like he should be in a senior citizen's home. <laughs> like, I, I've, I've seen people with walkers who move better than Chuck Liddell last night. I'm pretty sure before this fight, he was at the home and they had to wake him up. He he just looks so stiff and lost and oh man, it 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 did did not look good. Um, I don't even know if they had any real exchanges before the KO. Um. I just remember Chuck throwing out a paw that I guess was supposed to be a punch a couple times. And finally, when Tito just decided to to pull the trigger, um, boy, when Chuck fell from that right hand, I immediately was like, I am a, a terrible person for watching this. <laughs> my, my response to that is he's a terrible person for subjecting us. To <laughs> I didn't have the support. All right, all right, I didn't support it because I definitely didn't pay for this. Um, if you paid for this, you, I got a bridge I can tell you, bro. You're almost an accessory to murder. <laughs> you're, you're, like I feel like we should, we all we should be. If you paid, like, you should like you should be tried for something if you paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's the closest thing to like. I, I don't even know, like, friggin', like, betting on children fighting? Like, yeah, remember, remember that story we did a while back where there was, like, the, the toddler fight club? Yes. This is just the opposite. This is... <laughs> <laughs> Throw down at the old folks. <laughs> this is the senior citizen uh, brawl for all. Um... Yeah, Every, yeah. Everything about this card was a shit show. <laughs> From Oscar De La Hoya's awkward ass press conference, where he obviously doesn't like has zero idea who Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz are. He's just he's just up there at the the freaking dais, just rubbing his hands for ten minutes. <laughs> Tito Ortiz just con like just constant misuse of the English language. Like, in the lead-up to this fight, Chuck freaking Liddell, who struggles to put together full coherent sentences, was the only one, like, do, like he, he was the best promoter they had. It's insane. I'm saying if, if, if Chuck is your best promoter... He's the be he was the best talker. <laughs> if, if Chuck is your best promoter and talker... At forty-eight years old, it's uh, it's an issue, buddy. It's uh, it's it's not good. But yeah, he, Tito gave him a right hand. But when Chuck just that that slow descent to death was just, I was just like, why did I do? I why what what I need to repent. I need to. I need to be better. I need. <laughs> I, I need to not give in. To, <laughs> I need to not give in to these train wrecks. Like, I felt like I crossed the line that I wasn't supposed to step across. 
Like the Bella, I, I thought Bellator had like prepared me for all of the worst. Like Be- Bellator had a lot of train wrecks. Pride back in the day had a lot of freak fights and wildness going on, but Nothing. I wasn't ready. Like oh. so, it's time to start pointing fingers. And I, I don't think you can point to a bigger one than the California State Athletic Commission. <laughs> like, who, who for years have been claiming to lead the way in, like, fighter safety? Like, they've been the ones at the forefront, at least here in the U.S., about, like, okay, we're going to do, like, weigh-ins. Like, they have weigh-ins and, like, dehydration rules, and if you miss weight you're not allowed to fight at that weight class the next time you're in California unless, you know, you, you prove that you can make the weight or whatever. And, like, the the thing with marijuana where they're trying, where they thing, um, they up the legal amount that was allowed to be in your system. How the hell did Chuck get licensed? Uh, the, some... Like, uh, uh, David Bixenspan on Twitter put it best. Like, if you saw Chuck Liddell walking down the freaking street, you would assume that, like, a dementia patient got loose from, like, the hospital. <laughs> and you would immediately call somebody to have them pick him up. Like, and they let this man fight. Somebody slid a duffel bag <laughs> somewhere, and they just told them, hey, man, just look the other way. Like, Golden just... Boy doesn't even have money like that. That's the thing. Like, all of their money comes from Canelo. He he drives 108% of their revenue. That is a real statistic. That comes from <laughs> or, I'm sorry, go to boy boxing. Like, like I, I don't think Oscar would have gotten in his bag to just be like, hey, I want to put Chuck Goodell, Tito Ortiz on, and I think he's going to make all this money. So, you know, let's let's get this shit done. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, like, like I said, at least we know Chuck has good insurance. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure the, <laughs> I wonder how many calls that insurance company <laughs> got that night. <laughs> Fred Loya uh, joins the pantheon of great MMA sponsors such as Dude Wipes <laughs> and Condom Depot. And corn nuts. And corn nuts. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, that um. Rest in peace, Chuck Liddell. I, I don't know what else to say. Um. He's according to Chuck Liddell, he still fights at a high level. <laughs> Cognitive dissonance or brain damage. Pick your poison. According to Tito Ortiz, he still wants to see Chuck Liddell fight. And I'm just like, you really hate Chuck. Yeah, Tito, just, Tito, just stop. Just, now that it's over, we all got to calm down. We all got to. Shamrock versus Chuck. Mm. Bare knuckle boxing. Let's go. I'm I'm really mad at myself that like I drew the line at bare knuckle boxing, but I watched this. And <laughs> this was so much worse. See? 
See where your morals get you? Yeah, I got <laughs> yeah, Pretending you're so much above the rest of us, and, and then you subject yourself to this. I have to re... That's what I said. After this fight, I had to do some soul search, and I have to re, uh, reconfigure my moral compass. I have to reconfigure where I stand as a person. And, and <laughs> I got to take a hard look at myself, and, and, and then just... I, I got to figure things out. I can't, all, all I can say is welcome to the gutter, my friend. Uh, um, ugh, Jesus Christ! Jesus also, Christ. All, like continuing in the theme of just straight up train wreck. You know, we could talk about Chuck bringing his children to the fight. We could talk how backstage looks like everybody was just sitting around waiting for like waiting at the airport. We could talk about how <laughs> T- we could talk about how Tito got on the microphone after the fight and was just like. You, uh, you, if you want to make real money, you want to get paid the right way. Go to uh, Golden Boy MMA, and like the guys who opened up the pay per view made like five thousand dollars each. <laughs> <laughs> or the fact that like Tito probably got paid more in Bellator than he did fighting for Oscar. Um, well, I think they put out the first. He made two. Is it two hundred? Two hundred. He made two hundred or two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. And he's going to get like pay per view revenue and live, uh, live gate revenue. But like I'm pretty sure he got like a half a million from one of his Bellator fights. I can't remember which one. It might have been like the Bonner fight or something. I'm really interested to see what these pay per view numbers. <laughs> these fight, t- these fight TV numbers. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say they're not good because they tried to lower the price like three different times and they couldn't because they had a contract with um the paper the the, the cable companies the paper providers like how did they not know that wasn't allowed <laughs> like I thought I thought they're like oh okay they they got a deal where like okay we'll sell them for twenty dollars on Fight.tv and and we'll, we'll we'll give them half of our cut of that you know the twenty dollars. It's like, no, you're just not allowed to freaking do that. Oscar's a pay-per-view promoter. He does it all the damn time. Like, how does he not know that's not allowed? The first company to ever retract a Black Friday sale. <laughs> I saw some people, they were like, they were getting it for like 15 bucks. I have no idea why. Unless they were just reading their screens wrong or something. No, nah, I wouldn't doubt that, like, they're going to get sued by whoever. Who told them no? And maybe like, I don't know. I don't know. They probably still gave it at a discount for some people, just to. Who who knows? Who who knows? Move these numbers. Yeah. For what it's worth, they got like what, between seven and eight thousand people in the forum, which isn't bad. Probably not what they wanted for what they paid, but I heard the gates like six hundred, five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars. Which again is not bad, but if you're gonna pay, well, yeah, if you're gonna pay like, you know, almost half a million off the top, you probably want a million dollars. I guess. I guess. Last question before we move on to happier things. Uh, after well. I don't know because you you didn't watch the entire. Neither one of us I don't think watched the entire card. Because I'm yeah. Because I'm not like. It's not even that the like I thought the, the the first five fights on this card were like not worth watching or whatever. It's just like, dude, like 
you're watching these in service of watch of like being sad. Right. <laughs> I was I was gonna say that well, I, based off what we did see and and what we know, do do we think there's gonna be a golden MMA two? Um, it all depends on the numbers, and if the if all the indicators look like no, then like no, we're never Oscar's watching for the chance of MMA, especially now that he's got that disown money. Yeah, I'm gonna say for the better of humanity, we probably shouldn't get a. I mean, Vitor Belfort is a free agent now, <laughs> so we could do Vitor Chuck if we really want to. <sighs> Boy, see, Chuck, Vitor is also still a good fighter. In that same vein of Tito Ortiz, <laughs> we can we can do Vitor Chuck. We can do um, who else? Who 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 else is? We can do um, Shamrock Vitor. Golden Boy, maybe it'll last long enough that I can finally get uh, my trilogy closure of Shogun and Machida. See, I think uh, I think the reason that Golden Boy got this fight is they were just comfortable, like Oscar was comfortable trying to sell Tito Ortiz as like a Mexican. Which is like, that's his whole business model. Uh, I, I don't know if he can do it with like Brazilian dudes. Yeah. Because that, like, that's who he's marketing to, like his fans, like the people who made him a pay-per-view star. Well, I, I don't know. Which I... Is just Mexican-American people. Which I don't think Tito Ortiz really resonates with. Mm-mm. <laughs> he, he, he can bring his, his Mexican-American flag everywhere he goes, but I don't think he's going to resonate with those people. You know. I'm sure they hear one Tito sentence, they're out the door. Uh, it's not the guy you want repping for the culture. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if we need another Golden Boy MMA. We we can let this be a flash in the pan, and I, then we we totally deserve it for indulging. Yeah, this this is the MMA gods enacting a punishment. Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell and, and us. He, I mean, Liddell got punished. Obviously, we we got punished because we just. We mindlessly indulge, and we never think about what we're doing. And this just this was was a reminder of uh. This shit is for real. Yeah, <laughs> we can't we can't do things like this. No, we but, can. We can. Or you, you, you can, but but you're going to feel that pain. Yeah, you don't. You don't. Yeah, you, you have to have one of them life. You have to have one of those life moments after where you really just have to question yourself and. You have to look deep into your soul and ask yourself, what kind of person am I? <laughs> and then you look in the mirror and you're like, I'm this type of person. And then you hit that buy button. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so before we move off this fight completely, I just want to shout out all the people who thought Chuck was going to go out there and knock Tito out. <laughs> Based purely on the fact that Chuck had done it twice before. <laughs> I had that hope in the back of my head, but boy, after seeing that pad video, I knew that was a wrap. Well, like, even if, like, here's the thing, like, even if you were right, like, why would you want that end? Because all you're going to get is a Chuck Liddell who's like, I can still fucking do this. Because he lost, and he was like, I can still do this. And then he would have tried to fight Rampage. Oh, no, he would have tried to fight Jones, because that's who he wants, because he thinks he's still, he, he thinks he's still at that level. 
boy. He called out John Jones last year. He did. He did. I, I just wanted to ignore it and act like it wasn't a thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm down for Rampage Chuck 3. For, if we're going to do all the Nevis trilogies. Nah, I, I guess in the end I should be thanking Tito for this. Hopefully, hopefully, when Chuck woke up this morning, he realized, you know. No, Chuck, he never went to sleep. <laughs> he, like he got back to his dressing room and was just like, okay, time to get ready for the fight. <laughs> oh, man. But, God. Yeah. Shame on you, Nevada State, uh, not Nevada, California State Athletic Commission. I expect this from Texas. They they, they let they, they let Kimball get licensed despite having a terrible heart condition issue. But California, really? It's supposed to be better than this. Shame on them. Shame on us. <laughs> I don't know. I, I refuse to accept any shame. <laughs> one because I didn't pay, and two, two because Chuck did this to us, and it's his fault. Uh, and he had to suffer the consequences. And that he did. I'm not sure if he remembers them though. Nah. After we record, I'm gonna go pray. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta pray for me. I got. I gotta pray for all of us. We. <laughs> But moving on, moving on to other other good happenings and good fights that happened. UFC Beijing uh, went down very early at like three thirty in the morning on Saturday. Um, but I want to say before we even get started on this card, um, th- this was one of those cards that really did make me appreciate Fight Pass. Like even though it was really early in the morning, I had to get up at work at five, so I got a chance to catch some of this in real time. But it was just a good feeling knowing that even the fights I missed, like, when I get off, I can just log on to Fight Pass, and I can just go back, and I can just, I can just watch them, and I don't have to wait till 10 o'clock, and it's not a six-fight main card, um, so I appreciated Fight Pass for this card. It was, it was very convenient, um, but starting from the top, main event, Francis Ngannou, Curtis Blades. Um, a lot of hype for this fight. Um, Curtis Blades has been on a pretty great streak of just wrecking dudes. And Ganu, on the other hand, he's he's hit a little skid. You know, questions about his confidence and all of that going into this fight. Wondering, like, just like, what in Ganu are we going to get? How's the mental state going to be? And for Blades, it's, you know, a way to avenge his only loss. Um... And it didn't take us long <laughs> to, to figure out uh, what happened. Uh, round fight only lasted 45 seconds. When I saw Nganu throwing kicks and like bouncing around, just seeing movement and life out of Nganu, I was like, "Oh, this um, Blades might need to be careful." And there there was a moment where like Blades would like feign a jab or throw a jab and try to get a takedown. Wasn't able to get like the first one he shot for, and I was like, "Oh, we might be in for one. This uh, this might be a doozy." And um, <laughs> Blaze throws a jab, and I want to say it was he was facing like Ngannou's power hand, his right hand, caught a right hand over the top. 
that fall that he did, I knew it was it was over. Like he, it looked like everything left his body. Like he fell to the ground. He he tried to get back up. He was eating shots. It it. I saw people complain about the stoppage, but to me, it looked like it looked like like his body just kind of went into cruise control. Like I'm doing the motions that I need to do, but I'm not really. I'm not all the way there. Um, and I mean, he did it look like he recovered fast. But in the moment that the fight got stopped, I can't complain. Like, Ngannou caught him with the right hand. He fell on all fours. He, he like, got back up, kind of, sort of, <laughs> ate a few more shots, fell down again. He was, like, reaching for a leg. It, it was just, I think had that fight went any longer, it might have just gotten worse. Like, I don't, I, I, I don't, and I, I can see some people, you know, whatever, maybe it could have went a few seconds longer. But I, I think he, if it went out longer, he just would have caught more punishment. But I, I get it as a fighter, you know, he, you, you want to go out on the shield, so to speak. But I have no complaints about the stoppage. It it didn't look like it, in that moment that it got stopped that he was really like all the way really there. Um, but great win for Ngannou, man. Um, and I posted right before this fight started that um, I wasn't sure if it was going to happen. But Ngannou winning this fight wasn't far-fetched. Like, I get it. He's had two, you know, questionable performances. But he, bad performance doesn't mean I still can't knock your head off. Bad performance doesn't mean I still don't have power. And if I land, you're out of here. Um, he only needs one. And he got that one followed up by a few others. <laughs> and, excuse me. That was uh, pretty much all she wrote. So, Ngannou gets back in the win column. Uh, it's got to really suck for Curtis Blade. You, you're on this really nice streak, and you're trying to come back and avenge your only loss. And it just it just does not go your way at all. Yeah. That's the game, bro. That's the game. Um, yeah. Uh, so, just, like, thinking about it in, like, hindsight now, um, Wearing the strike was probably not the best thing that Curtis Blades could have done to prepare for this fight. Um, do he, he was a lot more aggressive than he was in the first fight. So the first fight was basically just him eating all the jabs that Ngano threw his way and not really you know, having a method to close distance. Here he tries to close distance and ends up getting countered, which is basically all Ngano wants to do. He wants to counter. So... Uh, from that, like, that standpoint, it was just, your growth and the be playing into the other person's hand a little bit more than in your first fight. Um, yeah, no, like, I picked, uh, I picked Blades to win this fight, because I thought, I figured, you know, he's grown so much, uh, he's gonna be able to, yeah, and he's shown it, he's able to mix up the striking and the takedowns, and, like, he, when you commit to punches, he's able to, um, you know, exploit that, he took Green down like that, he took Mark Hunt down like that, um, you know, I figured he'd do, like, a little bit of what Stipe did, but he doesn't have the, the acumen, I guess, that Stipe does, uh, Stipe was able to outbox Ngannou, um, for, you know, a good part, a good portion of the fight where he wasn't just taking him down and just beating the crap out of him, so, um, just solid performance from Ngannou, who did look more aggressive, like, you know, he's still got the counter um, knockout here, but 
Uh, he did. He didn't look scared to throw like he did against Derek Lewis. Yeah, he was alert. He he was alert. He was he he threw that leg kick. Um, and took the center of the uh, the octagon, which he always does, but like it, it was more assertive, as opposed to just like I'm big, so I'm going to be standing here. So you know, props to him. Bounces back. Um, puts his name back out there. I I don't know what they do with him, like. Uh, I I don't really know what's happening with the top of heavyweight right now. Uh, they want to do Jones three because uh, Lesnar just resigned with the WWE, and they're not sure like what the timetable would be for him to come back. But yeah, just a bunch of funkiness going up at the top of a uh, heavyweight. Yeah. Well, oh, Ganu. Oh, go ahead. no. Just real quick on Blaze. I'm like, I'm not. Like I'm not, I don't think, I'm not going to say, like, Blades is, you know, done as a fighter. Because, one, he's just as young in his career as Ngannou is. And I, I, I'm hesitant to call this a bad stylistic matchup for him. But, like, it's a learning experience. It's not like, I don't think his chin got destroyed. Like, maybe his confidence got shaken, but I don't think his chin got destroyed. Like you said, like he was alert at the end of the fight. He was just... You know, no one's going to let Engano just get those extra shots in when he doesn't need to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think this loss is, like, a, nothing to be ashamed of. Like, if Engano hits anybody like that, I'm not going to question your chin. If Engano hits anybody like that in this roster, they're going down. And I think it was just one of those fights, like, you just... Some fights, like, you just get caught. Like, it's, it just, <laughs> you just get caught. Like, things are going good until they're not going good. And it, it doesn't mean you're a bad fighter. It doesn't mean you can't rebound. And like I said, as young as Curtis Blades is in a, in a division full of old men, he has time <laughs> very he's much. Another, he's another, like, 10 years of growing ahead of him. Right. If we're being Tom, yeah. Tom is, is, is on his side completely. Um. And I'm pretty sure he'll bounce back. Whoever he faces next will probably get wrestled and pummeled to death. Um, yeah, man, he just he just got caught, man. And Gagnon was the he was he was the better man that night. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty pretty sure we'll see both of these gentlemen back. Uh, yeah, I'd be interested to see who they give Gagnon next because, like you said, the top of heavyweight is just kind of it's kind of weird, but. I'm pretty sure he'll be back knocking somebody's head off. I mean, he virtually took no damage this fight, so you know, barring any injuries he may have had like coming into this fight, I don't see why we might not see him back again pretty soon. I want to see Ngannou versus Lesnar. <laughs> Lesnar won't be re-signing with any promotions after that fight. That's <laughs> like that's the that's the one he can't go back to the WWE. Right. <laughs> That's this is like I, I can't use you anymore. Like <laughs> you gotta, you gotta reattach, reattach his head to to his shoulders. He just Ooh. kicks him in his stomach and gets rid of the rest of his intestines. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Maybe he resigned with the WWE. Like maybe he met Francis in person. And he was like, nah, we can't potentially meet down the line, so I'm going to just go back over here. He's like, you are a big motherfucker. <laughs> I'm going to let y'all have fun over here. Let me, let me go back uh, to doing what I was doing. But, uh, yeah, man, Francis Ngannou, he's back, taking heads off. Um, but, no, 
hope to hope to see Curtis Blades again, but props to Ngannou, man. That's a huge, huge bounce, huge bounce back and emphatic win. Um, moving on to other heavyweights, uh, Alistair Overeem and Sergey Pavlovich. Um, as with every Overeem fight going in, like I look at skill sets and like I want to pick Overeem and feel comfortable about it. But Overeem is just one of those guys that you can never really. <laughs> Never know what's gonna happen in an Overeem fight. Um, I, I still maintain Overeem's chin is fine. It's just that he has laps in fight where he just does something really stupid, like gas himself out trying to like knock somebody out in the first like sixty seconds of a fight, or um, or you know he, he tries to bob and weave with Bigfoot and then like he gets tired and then he gets knocked out because he gets hit clean <laughs> as fuck, like. This is a division where, like, if you get hit clean, you're, you should go down and out. And it's just, Overeem just doesn't have, like, a super gen. So, like, I'm I'm not worried about him fighting. Like, I don't want to call Pavlovich a one-dimensional fighter, but he's basically just a right hand. Like, he, he's a competent kickboxer, but he is essentially a right hand. And, um, he, he was never going to out-kickbox. Um, Econo Reem, <laughs> who, yeah. who moves around the cage like a gazelle, compared, <laughs> compared to your Roy Nelson types, who, you know, it, it takes them a while to cross the cage. So, yeah. um, I, I was, I'm actually surprised at how well Pavlovich did in the clinch because they, when they, they grab. Uh, I don't know why I have this image in my head. Maybe it's because of like seeing him do this in kickboxing and seeing him do it to Brock Lesnar, who is just a freakishly freak athlete. Every time I think of Reem like getting his hands on somebody who was in Francis Ngano, I just think of him like manhandling them. And he's done that before. He did it with like um, Hunt, um, like recently ish in the clinch, and uh, like but here, it, like Pavlovich for the most part was doing just fine. Like, he wasn't getting beat up in the clinch. He did eventually get taken down because he was trying to block Reem's knees, but, like, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, it, it wasn't like Jessica Aguilar and, um, Weili Zhang from earlier in the card. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you just kind of caught him with a nice little trip. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of took, kind of took him tumbling. And, that was kind of another thing about this matchup is, like I said, you with Overeem, you kind of never know because he does have these, like, lapses. But when Overeem is on, he's still, like, one of the most talented heavyweights, like, ever. Dude, like, dude, dude has... the most versatile heavyweight to ever do MMA, except for maybe, like, Fedor. Yeah, like, dude has, like, well, we, we saw it in the fight, but he, he can grapple. He just... He's a, he's a freaking, like, European Abu Dhabi... Um, trial winner like he legitimately is a very good grappler you just don't see it i mean we saw it in the frank mir fight where it was really good in that fight um he uses it here and there but it's it's not too often but when he does it's it's effective and in terms of of just you know standing and striking unless you can knock him out he has way too many tools in the arsenal that you kind of don't even really want to play that game like it, it might not end well for you and so, I mean, yeah, Sergey tried to box him up. Um, and shout-outs to Overeem, who, I, I guess, after the Curtis Blades loss, now he's trained with him. 
at uh at elevation, so he, that he got absorbed their how they beat you. To say yeah, you, to say you recover. Hey man, <laughs> whatever works and gets the win, it it it, it worked. He 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 looked pretty good. He, he he still has some pretty good knees in the clinch, but that was a nice little slick little like trip he did to get Pavlovich down. And once he got past that little, once he got like past Pavlovich's legs. That first ground and pound hit he landed was so hard. Like, if you just listen to that punch in real time, like, it it is it's crazy how much like force he can generate in such like little distance. Like, there was so much force in like just that first punch, and Pavlovich definitely felt it. Started covering up, ate a few more, and then that was it. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad Pavlovich got out of there because that was not going to end well. Like he was eating some really, really, really hard shots. Yeah, well, it's his heavyweight. Too. Yep. Like you don't want Overeem on top of you. That's mm. that's not a good time. Mm. Um, like as for why the UFC made this fight, it was probably because Pavlovich got them to sit down at the negotiating table and they had to pay him probably more than what they'd normally have to pay if they had signed somebody from like King of the Cage or something or LFA so that's probably why he got reamed just because okay you want all this money well earn it yeah good luck <laughs> go, have, go have fun have fun with that um yeah no, like there's not a whole bunch else to say about it. Now these, yeah, the co-main and main event lasted a total of like one round. <laughs> if you com- if you combine the times, basically. Yeah. So uh, yeah, o- Overeem got him out of there. Didn't didn't take a ton of damage really. So you know, good on him. He gets back in the win column. You know, live lives to fight another day, and ho- hopefully the the elevation move will will do him some good. Like maybe we'll. I still want to believe, and I think it's just because, like, if, I feel like if, if, if Overeem could somehow win the title, he'd be, like, one of the most decorated fighters ever. He kind and, of already is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he already is, but this would be, like, the the icing on the cake. And I just, I want to, there's a part of me that wants to believe, like, if, if he can hold out for, if he can stay around for a couple more years, <laughs> just, just a couple, like, he might get another shot. I mean, he's but, always one but, punch away. Yeah, but then he's fighting like in God who Curtis Blades again. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like I don't I think he can make it up to the top again just because heavyweight is heavyweight. Anything can happen. I'm I'm never really gonna count anybody out. But yeah, like depending on who the champ is, it might you know. He might be fraught with difficulty. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the road doesn't get easier. But you know, good, good on Overeem, man. Really, really good performance. Pretty, pretty brutal ground and pound finish. So, shout outs to him. Um, moving on. I was actually really excited about a lot of fights on this main card. Um, one of the fights I was most looking forward to, um, Song Yudong and Vince Morales. Um, and pretty uh, high on uh, Song Yudong. Uh, we're at Team Alpha Male. Dude is just really explosive, really fun to watch. Um, had a nice elbow uh, finish in his last fight. Uh, comes into this Morales fight, and he, he does the thing, man. Like, 
he he holds it down. He really. I know this is like about a lot of the Chinese fighters on this card. They really do just a really good job of like mixing up their strikes. Like it's it's you're not in the background, bro. Yeah, you're not gonna see you're not gonna see somebody just oh I'm just gonna win by throwing a one and a one two the entire fight. Maybe I'll throw like a leg kick here and there. Like he's bringing out the arsenal. It's one just one twos. It's spinning back kicks. It's uppercuts. It's you know, nice combinations, and it just seemed like in this fight, and Morales did land some shots. I think statistically, I want to say at least up until like the second round, uh, like statistically, I, I think strike wise they were pretty close, but it seemed like Yadong was just way more effective with what he was throwing, and Morales just seemed like he was kind of playing the counter game, but he never could get really comfortable to like initiate a game plan it, it felt like he was fighting based on what Yadong was doing more than it was him like right doing his own game plan and then as much as song really did just a good job of mixing it up man he was he was hitting morales with just all kinds of shots <laughs> throughout the entire fight and then in the third round he takes it to the ground and just mixes it up even more i mean he didn't do anything like super crazy on the ground but just the fact that he just he threw that extra wrinkle in there, like on top of these thirty thousand variation of strikes that I'm gonna throw on you. Here's just one more thing you have to worry about. You know, I'm gonna just take you down and just kind of control you for a little bit. And it just it just seemed like this fight kind of reminded me a lot of um, what was the other fight that we'll eventually get to? Not the um, not the Wei Ling. It, it, this fight kind of reminded me of the Zhao uh, the Zhao Nanyan fight. Well, it was just so much offense. <laughs> like the other fighter just couldn't. There was no way for you to find a groove because there was so much coming at you at one time. Right. And it was just it was a lot to process. But Song Yudong continues to impress. Um, I, re- I really like what they got going for him at Team Alpha Mill. It it seems like he's on the right track. Um, he, I I don't know what his ceiling is, but. He he's on the right track. Whatever his ceiling is, he's headed there, and yeah. it, it it all seems like it's it's panning out. Yeah, he's really polished for like a twenty year old. Like it, like it, he moves his head, like, and he only has like the one head, like um for for missing shot, like <clears throat> slipping shots. Like he slips to his right all the time, but like it's so smooth, and he does counter off it, and like it, it's so rare. To see that in the sport, like it's always, especially like particularly from like a twenty-year-old, so like it, it really stands out to me. Um, he did great work. Uh, um, like early Vince uh, Morales uh, was doing a really good job of just like not scaring him off, but ma- like making him think with the hands. So he goes to the leg kicks, and that's what opens up the rest of his offense. Um, and he builds on that for the rest of the fight. Um, so Morales, I, 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 I haven't seen his Dana White contender series fight, but apparently he lost. But he ended up getting signed because the guy he beat ended up having to go to the hospital after the fight. Is that correct? I didn't know that was the... <laughs> I didn't know that was the... Uh, yeah. The like, story. Oh, he was supposed to fight signs. Yeah. Uh, um, Song Yadong. 
Yeah, was BF. Yeah, so, uh, but Vince Morales was like he like so. But I, I think they originally wanted the guy Vince Morales lost to to fight Sonya Dong, but he was hurt, so they signed Vince Morales anyway. So like. So, but point being, like I heard from what I heard, he was going to be a tough fight for Yadong, and he it was like he he went all three rounds with Yadong, and Yadong knocked out like the his first two UFC opponents. So that's more than those guys got accomplished. Um, yeah, no, he's he's really well put together. Um, he's just going to continue to get sharper. Um, he he, he did kind of gas a little towards the end there. Like he he was really flat footed. Um, he, he was still able to just, like, play his feet and throw, and that was enough to get Morales to back off, um, at the end of the third round, but, yeah, the all-around, like, really great performance. So, like, all the men, uh, uh, the Chinese men, like, he's probably, um, the best prospect. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. And being at that gym, with all that experience they got at Alpha Mill, will only help, so he's... You know, around a lot of good people have a lot of experience. He should only get better. One, one would hope. Yeah, but I hope they, I, I, I hope they don't guard Brad the kid. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. Uh, just strap a rocket to his back and like launch him or something. Because there's no need to rush anybody in this division, especially since they seem content to just have the belt. Hang in perpetuity forever, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you you can you can build them up slowly along. I mean, and they'll still be bantamweight is deep enough that even in the lower tier, like there's still good people for him to fight that'll still like test him, and you can kind of get like a litmus test to see where he's at. Right. Um. But yeah, yeah, no, no, dude, dude is a he. He's really solid. He's really solid. He's been one of my favorite people to watch in the last couple of times I've seen him, just somebody I thought was worth keeping an eye on, and he's continued to impress. Really, this whole card, this is the whole reason I wanted to watch this card. Like, there were just a lot of fighters on this card who I just wanted to keep track and keep progress of, and they all made me happy. <laughs> I wish this card would have happened after Chuck Tito 3. I might have felt better. Because <laughs> this card really did... I was really happy with how this card turned out. Like, everybody who I wanted to perform really well or just wanted them to win, like, they won. And I just... I couldn't ask for any more. Like, it, it was it was great. And then moving on to other fighters who I was rooting for and wanted to win. Uh, Lee, Jiang uh, Lang versus David Zawada. Uh, the leech, man. Um, well, it wasn't going too good for him the first round, I'll say. He looked, he looked a little lost. <laughs> I mean, when does it ever? <laughs> but it looked... <laughs> I don't know what happened in that first round, but Zawada was not playing, man. <laughs> Zawada came to fight, and I don't know if the leech was ready. Like, I, I don't know if it was like the hometown nervousness thing, or uh, but he... No, that's just, just how he fights, man. He gets, not, he gets the crab beat out in the first round. And he storms back and knocks the other guy yeah. out. He's got he's got to wake up because Zawada almost put them lights out. He uh he caught him with a nice uh, right flush on the chin. Um, but the leech has some amazing recovery because like even after he got knocked down, he still was like aware of what was going on. Like, and then he not too long after he got floor with the right, like he ended up taking Zawada down. He got a little bit of ground and pound going. Um. But I think Zawada ended up swarming back on him anyway. But it was good to see, like, he recovered from that really well, and it didn't 
it didn't look like it shook him up too much. But so Wilder did really good in that first round. Like I said, he, he knocked him down. Um, he caught him with a couple of flurries against the cage. He was he he beat up on the leech man. He gave him he gave him some pause in that first round. <laughs> End of the first round comes. They go to his corner. <laughs> to paraphrase, they just asked the leech like, "You good, bro? Like, you're right." <laughs> like, no, no technical advice. No, you know, slip and throw the jab. No, it was like, "You, you good, man? Like, you okay?" <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I'm good." And they're like, "All right, go, go fight then." And he, I mean, you can't give a man technical advice when he's not doing anything. <laughs> he was barely awake. Yeah, so. his game plan is to just fight until it works. Yeah, and I mean it, it. It worked eventually. It took took a couple rounds, but he, second round came out. He he did a little. He was doing a little better. Um, you could I, I think you could slowly feel like his whatever happened in the first round was behind him, and like his confidence was kind of it, it was slowly building up more. It was almost like it was like you're warming up your car to start the day. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, it was like he just. He just had to warm up and get better. So, like, the, I, I don't remember how I scored the second round. Um, I remember it. I, I felt like it was pretty close. Um, but it wasn't close enough to where I, I don't know if I felt comfortable, like, outright giving it to Leach. But, like, he was doing better. And it was like, all right, man, you really got to – this third round, you have to really make a statement because the Waters, he's not playing. It's just, he's not going away anytime soon. And then the third round comes, and – it's, it's the the car finally started engines roaring we're out the gate it's time to fight and he just woke up <laughs> he just he did what the leash does man he he brawls he he'll, he'll he'll throw everything at you that he can until it works and he caused a water with a nice step in side kick completely shut him down hit him with some ground and pound probably didn't need to he covered up after the body kick it looked like it was pretty pretty brutal like he caught him right on the mark and the leech walks away with a tko after a the first few rounds that were kind of rough but he he he's the leech man he never dies <laughs> he, he he finds a way exactly um yeah no the funny part was like the first like this is every leech fight like he comes out in the first round gets his ass beat um comes back in the second round and starts fighting like he's actually you know there uh like, you, you can see, like, the clear difference, too. Like, he came out like a fresh fighter, which is always really weird. In the second, like, he was moving his head at distance and, uh, like, actually slipping punches. And, uh, like, he was, like, light on his feet and moving around as opposed to being heavy-footed and just, like, standing there waiting, waiting to get hit. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, no, like, he's, like, he is a really, like, such a really good kickboxer. It's always weird because his name is the leech because he used to just grab guys and hang out for dear life. Live a trip. But, um, yeah, no, like, this is what you're going to get out of a leech performance basically every single time out. And I think we're basically at his ceiling. He's just going to be a violent, uh, middle of the road welterweight for the rest of his career. Which is fine, because we, we, we can always use those. Um, but, yeah, no, like another... Uh, I was say, another leech performance. Yeah, just... 
like I said, they're, they're those cropper guys at welterweight who are just kind of fighting to get in position to make a better name, make a better bigger name, and he's just he's one of those guys. He he is literally this is just a job. Like he he's like I, I don't like I'm sure he has like dreams of being a UFC welterweight champion, but like it's probably never gonna happen. But he he can make a nice little career for himself just knocking dudes out. Yeah, I think the uh the first Chinese champ is on the prelims. Yeah. But nah, man, I I love watching Leach fight. It's always a good time. Um, like I said, he just he had to get the car started. Took 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 him two rounds to get the car started, and then when it finally got started, he he came out roaring. So, shout out to the Leach, but shout out to Zawada though. He he did he put on a really good performance. Like. Things were going well, and so they just weren't. <laughs> they just weren't going well. Until they got kicked right in the solar plex. Yeah, yeah, flush like, <laughs> like it was right on point. Um, if you had told me when the leech signed to the UFC that he'd be like side kicking KO people, I would have called you fucking insane. <laughs> he's yeah, he's as wild as he is in this fight. Like if you go back and watch like his first few UFC fights, he is so much more polished now. Like. It's so much more just. He looks so much more comfortable in there. We just, we just got to work on that first round. <laughs> we got got to find a way to to get over that. But uh, not nah, man. Early, man. Yeah, get the car started early. But uh, shout out to the leech man. Uh, holding it down. Really, like all all of the Chinese fighters, regardless of if they won or lost, most of them put on really good performances. Like. I was I was really impressed and just it was really nice to see, um, but that was the main card, which was only four fights, which I greatly appreciated. You know, get in, get out, uh, go going with your day or your night, really, or whenever you watch this. Um, your morning. Yeah, <laughs> your very early morning, while you're at work, supposed to be working, but you know, you know how that goes. Um, but moving on to the fight pass prelims. Um, well, the entire card was on fight pass, but prelims. Uh, Alex Morono and <laughs> Song Kanan. <laughs> My favorite part of this whole fight was was it the I can't remember was the I think it was the end of the first round. He goes back to the corner. The corner man's like so calm and nice, and he's like, "Hey man, you know you can uh, you can kick him with the leg kick. It's there." Morono's like, "I'm just gonna jab him." <laughs> Morono's like, "I just want to throw hands." Who throws kicks? Who does that? That's lame. <laughs> but I thought that was really that was really funny. But um, nah, man, this was another fun, uh, fun brawl. Uh, a lot of winging right hand bombs going on. Um, I wish I remember this fight more in detail because I know I watched this fight twice. I just remember there being a lot of swinging and definitely Morono was throwing hands and not trying to leg kick. Um. <laughs> uh, basically, Kanan Song is like a uh, is. Uh, I'm guessing just used to being a counter puncher, and he just had no idea how to get to Morono's chin because Morono's just so freaking weird, and so unconventional. And, he, and for and despite not being like, the most technic uh the most technically sound fighter, he he understands tactics tactics really well so. Like, he understands that, like, he can get, like, the, like a guy like Kanan Song to bite on basically every counter. Not counter, uh, yeah. 
basically just bite on every like foot feint and like jab feint and then draw out the counter himself. But it was just Morano who just uh, getting Kanan to swing at air and then hitting him. Or forcing like a firefight and just being the tighter fighter, believe it or not. Like, I, I don't think Song is used to throwing a long combination. Yeah, it was. Oh, they both they both threw and landed. Morono's face was pretty bloody after the after the fight. I think he, Kanan had a, a few good flurries, but yeah, for for, for the most part, Morono uh, he was winning the Rock'em Sock'em robot exchanges. Yeah, it was weird watching them fight because his his stance is really stiff, but he's still like this. He throws bombs. <laughs> he's it's really weird to watch the way he moves. He doesn't. He doesn't look like the most like athletic person you've ever seen, but he still hits really hard. Right. Um, but no, it was a fun fight. I, I love the that corner man exchange. That was hilarious to me. But um, <laughs> shout out, shout outs to uh, uh, Morono. Nice, just a, a nice fun brawl to to get the blood flowing. Uh, as a feature prelim, so that that was awesome. So shout out to Morono for a good performance. Uh, moving on down. Uh, flyweight division for the women. Uh, thank God they're not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, Wu Yanan and Lauren Mueller. Uh, Mueller had a lot of hype coming into this fight. Um, was she on Contender Series? Yes. Okay, I know she was somewhere. No, I've seen her somewhere before. I, I'm pretty sure she was, and I could. I think she was the first woman ever signed off the Contender Series. If I probably, I, I knew I remembered her from from somewhere. Um, she she's coming with a lot of hype as a prospect. Um, I mean, she started off this fight pretty decent. Like she came in, she was really aggressive. Um, she was trying to set the tone. I don't know if I was like underestimating Yanan. I felt like she was deceptively stronger than I thought she was. <laughs> like I was just looking at their physiques and thinking like Mueller would be able to kind of like bully her around, but that wasn't really the case. Um. Yeah, I came down from one thirty-five. Oh, okay. All right, that makes sense. I didn't know that. Yeah, because she just she looked really she looked just a lot thinner to to me. I don't know. My bad eyes, so I, I might be wrong. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, I don't know. She looks like she has like athletic build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah not yeah, not like a puny build. It just it looked like Mueller was just like big. I was like, oh man, she might be able to just kind of take her down and. But, I mean, she kind of did. Oh yeah, she did. <laughs> they, they 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 had a couple of exchanges on the feet. Mueller was being the aggressor. Um, I don't remember if Mueller dropped her or if she just kind of slipped. Um, Mueller caught a kick and threw a punch at the same time, and uh, Wu kind of just went back. Okay. Yeah, she she ended up on the ground, and Mueller rushes in. Um, I forgot that this finish reminded me of another fight that I can't think of. Well, I felt like somebody got caught in, like, this same scenario where, like, their arm is just there. Mike Perry. Yeah, like, you see the, you see the arm bar about to happen, and it's just like, you gotta, you gotta move. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta do, you gotta get out of there. It's not good. Right. But, um, like, immediately when Yanine grabbed the arm, she immediately transitioned to the arm bar, and... The theme of this, I didn't say this whole card, but like just of some of these fights where like fighters are winning until they're not winning. And it's just like that one split second moment makes all the difference. And Yanan just snatches up an arm, 
and she got that in pretty deep, and boom, that is all she wrote. Yep. Best celebration, by the way, of the night. Just, like, screaming in, like, pure joy. Was it this card? I don't know if I'm thinking of this fight or another fight or another card. Did she do, like, 30 cartwheels after she won? Or am I thinking of another fight? That, that is, I think that's Wei Li Zhang. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was. I remember somebody did like thirty cartwheels after they won. But yet now it was just out here freaking like hollering her head off and like she got her blue belt after. Hey yeah, man. Well, well deserved. Well, well deserved. So shout out to Yanan. Like I said, man, the Chinese fighters held it down this card. Like you, even the ones that lost put on pretty solid performances. Yeah. All the women won. So. Yeah. Yeah. Women. Women. Women held it down. Um, so shout out to Yanan. Shout out to women's flyweight, you know, just slowly building up, slowly getting some some faces in there. Um ho- hopefully that division just continues to to get better. We'll see more faces, get some get some more exciting matchups. Hopefully uh, Ariane Lipsky makes her debut very soon. Queen of Violence KS uh, former KSW flyweight champion. I, uh I saw her name in a headline. No. Uh, her fight like a week or two ago got pulled. I don't know if uh, it was rescheduled. Okay, yeah, I knew, I knew she she had something coming up. Okay, yeah, she she was supposed to fight on um the seventeenth earlier this month, and that pulled. Okay, yeah, I knew I knew I had seen her name somewhere. Um, but now nah, yeah, shout shout out to women's flyweight, shout out to Wu Yunnan, really impressive. Uh, on par. Joanne Calderwood. No. There we go. There you go. Flyweight slowly, so slowly building up. Ah, this next fight, the goat. The goat. He missed weight. He missed. He missed weight, but that's okay. It's okay. He's like I said, he's a heavyweight. He can try all he wants to lie to himself and down to a five. Oh man, the best fighter prior to this to never win a UFC fight, Rashad Coulter. He won a fight, didn't he? I thought he lost all of them. I, I, I swear he was like one and three. Let me see. For some reason, I, I thought he would always come close and like... Then get knocked out. Yeah. No, yeah. He, he lost to Chase Sherman. He lost to Tuivasa. Yeah, and he lost oh, to right. Yeah. I, I don't know why I thought he won one. It's because he always starts off like he's going to win. Like, <laughs> like the first couple rounds, you see him throwing bombs and like, oh, yeah, he's about to win. And then, like, the fight just takes another turn. And like, I he, think they, they, he doesn't they meant have to quite have one knockout, one punch knockout power, but he's like right there. Like, that, I think Dan Hardy mentioned it during the broadcast. It was a perfect summary of like Colter's career. He catches the toughest breaks because he just fights guys who are like too tough for their own good. And like, he does everything. And I was thinking of this while the fight was going on. I was like, we've seen so many people at 205 and heavyweight, just get by on being able to hit hard. And they can just win fights off of that fact. And for some reason, Coulter couldn't break through that mold. Like, he could hit hard and damage guys, but they just wouldn't go away. But he just and, doesn't have stopping. Like, he's just not a great finisher. Yeah, it... it and he... This, this fight was close. <laughs> I wasn't 100% confident, because... Uh, when this decision got read that he was going to be the victor, I, I wasn't sure. But uh, oh, and the other gentleman, uh, Coulter fought uh, Hu Yao Zhang. Um, who made a good showing of himself. He did. He did. 
Um, because yeah, he arguably won the fight. Yeah, that's what I said. Going into the decision, because the Coulter definitely won the first. He 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 dropped uh dropped really hard too. <laughs> he he dropped Yao Zong in the first. Um, pounced on him. I thought he was gonna finish him, but Yao Zong was like Dan Hardy said, man. These dudes are just crazy tough. He was able to recover. Um, he was doing a lot of uh, clinch work, um, a lot of pushing Coulter up against the fence. Um, he, uh, Yao Zong was landing a really nice um, like hook to the body that he would throw. He landed that a, a number of times. Um, and then in that second round, the second round was really close. Uh, Coulter jabbed Yao Zong like 80, 100 times. <laughs> but Yao Zong like, kicked Coulter's leg off. Like He just repeatedly went for that calf kick. So... Those rounds were close, and then the third, I think I gave the third to Yao Zong. Didn't he catch Coulter with like a flying knee? I want to say like a... Sound like that. Like a switch knee or something. He, it was a nice brawl. Like, Yao Zong was really tough. He was definitely poured in on Coulter. Like, I was not comfortable going into the decision that Coulter was going to win. Um, but, hey, man, the GOAT pulled it out. Um, he, missed, he missed weight for his first time dropping to 205. He came in at 208. But, you know, I forgive him. You know, it, it is what it is. But shout out to 205 for putting on an entertaining fight. I, I had, you know, I wasn't gonna make fun of anybody after this. I was, I was entertained. The, the, the pretty much the entire fight. So shout outs to the goat Rashad Coulter. Shout outs to Hu Yao Zhang for a good performance, like you said, in a fight that you could easily argue that he won. And. Uh, Joey messaged me. Oh, oh yeah, I meant to mention that during the broadcast. Uh, Joey, was, <laughs> I'm gonna blame myself for this because Joey hit me up like two days ago about when we were gonna record. Because uh, he was like, you know, are we doing anything in the holidays? He didn't know if we were gonna be available. I was like, oh no, nah, we should be available. You know, I'll just uh, hit up the anti cool, see what he's doing, and uh, we'll we'll see when we'll all coordinate. And I don't think I ever hit you up about it, which means I never hit him about it. And I didn't message him until like six o'clock this morning. <laughs> oh, he's sick. <laughs> ah. Uh, so he right. also says he hasn't seen any the UFC main card or Chuck Tito three. Ah, oh, God. Okay. Um, tell him since he's sick, he probably shouldn't watch Chuck Tito three until he gets better. <laughs> he might want to hold the take the meds before you watch Chuck Tito three. <laughs> oh man shout out, shout out to joey yeah he, he is supposed to join us for this but uh you know i guess he's he's under the weather um but uh, do you have any uh thoughts on the, the culture fight um uh, i i did but I, I lost them when you brought the fight up. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, no. It, it was a fun fight. Um, but I thought Yazan probably did enough to win it if if you were so inclined. Um, I know what you do with him because. Like, oh, that's what I wanted to get to. Rashad Coulter. Um, like we need to stop saying he has good boxing and start saying he has good hands. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he's not a good <laughs> boxer, but he can throw a combination like nobody's business. Like he's very fluid. He's very fast. Um, you know, he doesn't often go over his feet uh, with his head and throw his whole body off, but you know, he does it sometimes. Which I imagine will be less of a problem at uh, 205 where, you know, guys aren't as big. Um, but yeah, no, like, just a class, uh, you know who he reminds me of a little bit? When he first started, um, Jer uh, Jared Cannonier. You know, like Jared Cannonier, when he first got to UFC, was like a guy who I heard, like, oh, he's like such a really great boxer. I was like, no, he has really good hands. He's very fast, and uh, he hits hard, and, um, you know, he knows how to throw them, but, like, in terms of just, like, all the things that make you a good boxer, like, footwork and, uh, uh, you know, head movement and knowing when to throw your shots, he's not there yet. And that's where I see Coulter at. And the problem is he's, like, 36. So. Well, also, though, well, I, I don't know if he's going back up to heavyweight or if 205 is going to be the new thing. Um, but I don't know. Being, being 36 at 205, you'll, you'll you know, fight for another five years. You might be all right. I mean, half, half the top guys at 205 will probably be dead by the time. <laughs> yeah, they're all so old. They're either old or their bodies are falling apart. They oh, won't be able to walk. Speaking of, uh, of um, 205, remember Fabio Maldonado? Oh, Maldonado. What's he, what's he doing? Uh, he's, now he's doing the boxing thing full time now. Lord. Um, but or the North American Boxing Federation heavyweight title. He's going to be fighting former Olympian Oscar Rivas. Oh, boy. Oh, oh this is Braldonado. He's got to be like 46. On, uh, in fight years, probably. Yeah. yeah. He's actually 8 years old. He beat Fedor. <laughs> I mean, the record won't say that. But did I ever go back and... I can't remember if I made it through that whole fight. Like, it was so painful that I think I stopped. Oh, boy. Why did I... I shouldn't even bring that up. Don't just... I'm going to delete that. <laughs> don't... Just, guys, don't even pay attention to what I just said. That wasn't a thing that happened. It was, uh... Glitch in the Matrix was one of those bad Matrix programs. Um, simulation didn't end the way it was supposed to. But, uh, yeah, Mo moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Two other things that made me very happy. Um, the fighter I think I was most looking forward to on this card, uh, right next to Song Yudong, was Whaley Zhang. Um, right before her UFC debut, I had done like, some research on her. And I was really, I really enjoyed what I saw. And then her debut happened, and it was awesome. And I, I didn't even know she was fighting Aguilar until uh, this fight, like, until I saw it. I forgot. I, I forgot, or I just didn't remember. But, um, nah, man. The Whaley Zhang MVP <laughs> of the night for me. Um, just a really dominant performance. Like, and it was impressive the way she did it. If, if, if you're not familiar with Aguilar, um, I mean, she's been around for a while now. Um, Forever. Yeah, she's been fighting in this game for a minute. <laughs> she, she, she's been there, done that. Uh, she was a staple in World Series of Fighting back when that was still a thing. 
and she's pretty much known for her grappling. That, well, that's her. She was the original winner of the Bellator. Um, was it strawweight tournament? Yeah, yeah. She was in Bellator. I forgot. Yeah, she beat beat quote yeah. quotes. Yeah, she, yeah. Robbery. So um, what's her face? Like Frosto or somebody? Frosto, yeah. The yeah. Frosto. She, she she quote unquote beat Makumi Fuji. I'm still bitter about that. But she did but, beat Carlos Parza. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a decade ago, so. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, no, like she 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 was at one point the number one strawweight on the planet. Yeah. So this and, is this is the biggest win in Chinese MMA history. Yeah, and, and then like I said, she she became known. You know, she her bread and butter was her grappling, and Weili Zhang just. <laughs> Jessica tried to like push the pace and work her game. Like she did everything I, I thought she was gonna do. Like I'm gonna get in close, push you against the cage, make this a grappling match, try to make this a dirty, grimy grappling match, get you down to the ground and we'll we'll work from there. I mean she got but, halfway but, there. Yeah, she got halfway there. She she got to the cage, she 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 initiated a clinch. Um Whaley Zhang is just is... muscle the <laughs> like Little sister, get out of my room <laughs> before I beat you up. Like, Weili Zhang is crazy strong. Like, she is just really sturdy. And she just muscled Aguilar to the ground. And, like, got her to the ground. Within, like, the first couple of elbows she threw. Those Brock Lesnar elbows were, like, <laughs> she took her elbow, like, an inch away from, like, uh, above uh, Aguilar's face and just dropped them. Right. Just really quick, just dip, dip, dip. <laughs> just blood is flying everywhere. Like, first elbow, she gets, like, a cut. By, like, the fourth elbow, blood is all over the place. She is getting battered on the ground. Whaley um ends up going for a triangle. Uh, it looked like it was pretty tight at first. She was trying to make some adjustments. She kept elbowing Aguilar in the head, trying to make the the triangle tighter. Uh, gives up on the triangle, switches to an armbar. It's over. Mm-hmm. Like and like I said, this this was just impressive because this this is Jag's world. Like this this grappling and ground game, this is supposed to be where Jag shines and, like, if she gets you there, it's not supposed to be a good time for you. Weili Zhang muscled her to the ground and just bullied her until she got a submission. Yeah, like, Zhang's a kickboxer. Like, she's... Uh, I, I want to say she's the woman who claimed that uh, you want, she beat Yawana Yenjie Chick as an amateur kickboxer. Like, she, she's a Sando uh, a fighter, so, like, She's only been doing MMA for like three years, so she just came in and just beat the crap of the Jag on the ground. Mm-hmm. Like it was nothing. So I'll, I'll, I'm throwing my hot take out. That's that's a title uh, contender right there, buddy. Yeah. That's uh, She will be in a title fight at some point. I've been saying it forever, man. If China's going to get a title in the immediate future, it's going to be around Weili Zhang's waist. Because mm-hmm. just the striking prowess the 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 <laughs> the Hulk strength, <laughs> like I don't see a lot of people that are gonna be able to deal with that. And if it's like Andrade and Tatiana yeah. Suarez, yeah, and like maybe Rose, but she she's gonna be up there. She's gonna be up there, and she's probably gonna get up in that conversation pretty quick. 
I, I'll put it this way. She'll be the first Chinese person to ever challenge for the UFC title. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, feel, I feel pretty comfortable saying that. Like I said, the only people that are that will possibly stop her are the people at the very top of the division. Um, but nah, man, she is stupid strong, hits really hard, good striking, just and she's she's just game. And then she hit thirty car wheels after she won. It was awesome. Um, Jumping yeah. car wheels, right? <laughs> so so much energy to spare. So shout outs to Weili Zhang, man. Dominance performance over a, a pioneer, pretty much. Biggest win in in her career easily, um, and if 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 Weili Zhang isn't on your radar, adjust your radar. Um, get 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 familiar, man. She she she's here. Um, so shout outs to her. This next fight I literally watched not too long ago, and I don't remember a lot of it. But uh, Liu Pingwan versus uh Martin Day. I want to say Martin Day was on the contender series or one of them Dana White shows um uh, let me check I think so I want to say he was from one of those shows might be lying but I, I thought he was on contender series uh no wait what? yes he was from the contender series back in like 2017 but he's fought three times on the regional scene since then okay his who's his training oh he, he's a Hawaii um elite MMA guy so he works out with um crap not nah. Uh, martial arts co. Now, I want to say he works out with like the all the like UFC Hawaiian fighters, like um, Max Holloway and stuff. But, oh man, but I, I can't remember what they were talking about when they said training. All I remember from this fight is I fought Martin Day one. <laughs> I don't remember the fight in much detail. But I remember, and I thought, like, and maybe, I don't know, maybe I just wasn't paying attention much. Like, I felt comfortable picking that, oh, Martin Day got that. And then, like, when Lin got, uh, Liu got his hand raised, I felt like I was the only one who was like, what? <laughs> like, that's not right. But nobody else seemed to be up in arms. So I was like, well, maybe I just wasn't paying attention. Um, it, it was kind of one of those things where, like, he, it took Day a second to get going, so like, he ended up losing parts of the first round. Despite looking like the cleaner, like more effective striker, uh, not more effective, but the cleaner striker, he kind of just didn't do enough to, I guess, win down two judges' scorecards. Um, like Ping uh, Ping Yuan was doing more work. Uh, the second round, Day definitely won. Uh, he, he was really just piecing uh, Ping Yuan up on the feet. Third round, Ping Yuan gets a takedown uh, and spends some time on top. I don't think he did anything crazy there. Like, he didn't go for a dismission or land any like, big grounded pound, but you know, he scored points. Um, and then Day ended up uh, winning the that part of the round of the feet. So I mean, it was one of those types of fights where, like, just depending on what is your preference, uh, you know, you, that's how you score it. Well, you know, shout-outs to uh, Ping Wan. Like I said, once again... Chinese fighters, for the most part, just holding it down, man. <laughs> putting on, put, putting on good performances, winning fights, just really, really showing out. Um, speaking of showing out, moving on, uh, back to straw weight <laughs> uh, for the women. Xiao uh, Nan Yan versus uh, Siri Kondo. Um, much like the uh, Song Gedong fight. Um, <laughs> Zhao Nanyan, I thought, won this fight uh, uh, 
so much volume, so many combinations, punches, kick, just everything. Just, just Kondo is just kind of out there, just <laughs> like what is going on? <laughs> like Zhao Nanyan was just kind of letting loose every combinations, hitting them with the Kia sound with every strike. She was, and it just went on for three rounds. Like it was just. She really put it, just mixed everything together well, just in terms of strikes. Like I said, just lots of combinations, not really throwing the same thing twice, just hitting you with a lot of different looks. So much going on. You're in overload. You can't even really get your game off because there's a punch or a kick or something in your face every two seconds. Um, John Onyan's another uh, straw weight who I just want to keep track of. She just seems like she puts. No, no matter win or lose, she's just going to put on exciting fights because she's just down the throw and <laughs> just kind of just, just go for it. And, yeah, she just – everything but the kitchen sink got thrown at Kondo. And then Jao Nanyan won a unanimous decision, and it was just really fun to watch. Just, like I said, kiosk sound effect, every punch, 30 punches, 30 kicks, elbows, whatever she wanted to throw, she threw. And – she just did it for three rounds straight. <laughs> and she ended the the fight on like by throwing like five spinning back fists. <laughs> and didn't didn't land any of them, but kept doing it. <laughs> I mean, if I was that far ahead, yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd be spamming some wild crap too. So she she earned it. <laughs> yeah, like she uh, to me, she kind of has the same problem that um, Caressa Shields has, is that. Everything they do is just straightforward and full blast. So, like, if you can't get your opponent out of there really quick, like, they, they have time to adapt and, like, you know, they, they're able to build their own confidence because they're taking your best shots and they're still there. So, like, you saw... I, I saw them kind of lost, like, every single round. Don't get me wrong, but, like, but, like, Kondo fought better in the third round than she did in the first round. Um, and, and it's part because, like, uh, Shannon just has a, is just bigger and has a, uh, is, just has, like, an athletic gap, where, like, she's just a straight-up better athlete than Kondo, um, and she was just, like, and, like, you said, she was, like, five, six punch combinations, where, like, it, it just, like, seemed she, she was never gonna stop, um, but, like, boy, I'd like to see her just change speeds more. Right, because she can put these women out. It's like hit hard. It's just that at one fifteen, you gotta be a little bit more subtle. Like, you, like the, the shots not gonna hurt people are gonna be the ones they don't see coming. Uh, maybe go to the bottom a little bit more. No, not bottom. Like the 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 body. So, but like other than that, like just you know, can't fault her for what she did. Like, I'm pretty sure the strike differential was. Probably like two to one, maybe three to one. Yeah, she was she was uh she was moving out here. She was, she was she was getting it done. So shout out to Zhao Nanyan, another uh straw weight to keep an eye on. Uh, moving on to middleweight, uh, turning from uh, his debut against Tiago Santos, which just doesn't even seem fair. <laughs> uh, Kevin Holland is back. Uh, fighting John Phillips, um, such a <laughs> he, 
it, it seems like before you fight him, like, you couldn't really get mad. Like, he's, like, in there, he's being competitive, he's punching you, but he's smiling at the same time. He's having fun. He's having fun. He apologizes when he hits you low. Like, he caught... Well, all right, that, that was one thing that stood out to me in this fight. He spammed that teep kick, like, five times. And, <laughs> and Phillips, it, it, it reminded me of the Overeem Travis Brown, where it's like, dude, he, he just keeps doing this. Just It's the same kick over and over. But, hey, it kept working. But he caught, he caught Phillips low once, and literally, like, he yells across the cage, I'm sorry, John. <laughs> like, he's just the nicest dude ever. But, um, no, nah, man, he's, he's, for as young as he is into his fight career, like, he's still, like, really talented. Um, there were moments where, like, I, I liked how he used his reach. He had had Phillips backed against the cage, and he was just throwing these really long jabs and combinations where he could get in and hit Phillips, and Phillips couldn't really return fire. Um, he, he gets creative with his strikes. Like, he, he, he just, he seems like a guy who... He'll try anything. Like, he's just kind of out there having fun. And it just, he just happens to be talented and good at it. So, it, it you know, in, in this fight, it, it worked out. Um, I couldn't really hold the Santos fight against him. I mean, even in that loss, he was still impressive considering your first fight is like a killer. Like, I, I can't even really fault you for, <laughs> for losing that. Um, nah, man, it, it was a fun fight because it just looked like Holland was having a blast. And it made you just want to root for him. Because he was just having so much fun, um, but I, I did like like he um, showed some takedown work. I want to say it was like the second or third round. Um, he mixed it up a bit. Um, I mean Phillips was out there winging punches. He was definitely like the bigger of the two, or or at least the, the thicker. Um, and that was another thing I was wondering about Holland in, in terms of him fighting at middleweight because he just kind of like Adesanya. He has like that tall, lanky built, but he's not really. Or at least he doesn't look like he's the strongest guy or like if he was to fight like a, a top tier middleweight or I guess he kind of did with Santos at the time. But like it, it just gives the impression that guys that at that level might like be able to muscle him around because he's just so lanky. But dude, dude's creative on the feet. He's out there having fun. I mean, Phillips was trying to catch him against the cage, trying to get in close and wing some power shots. Um, but Holland ended up taking him down. I love when <laughs> Holland took him down with that simple, I'm just going to grab your foot and you're going to fall. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anytime that happens, I just die laughing. It was even like an ankle sleep. It was just like, oh, I'm on, like, I'm kneeling before him, so I'm just going to pull his feet out. Right. He just literally pulled his feet out. He just literally just fell. Like, it wasn't really like a finesse move. It was just... <laughs> but, nah, he, he took him down, man. He ended up... uh. Taking his back, he got the rear naked choke. Um, so that was his, his first. Well, I forgot. Did the, the contender series wins count as like UFC wins? No. Okay. All right. So yeah, this would be his first official UFC win. Um, he, he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on. If, if not for anything, he's just he's just a fun personality. And sometimes that's, but but it's coupled with talent though. It's not like he's fun and he's trash. Like. <laughs> He's fun and like there's something there. He's still really green, but there, there there's there's something there. Um, so sh- shout out to Kevin Holland, man. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him fight. He's like I said, he he's just out there having a blast, and it's 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 fun to watch. <sighs> Sorry, um, I think this dude fought like twenty times and only been fighting for four years. 
Um, but uh, he looked really good here against um, a guy you should probably look really good against if you're going to be, like, for real, for real in this division. Obviously still green, still things to pick up, but, like, like you said, that sequence where he hurt Phillips with a body kick and then Phillips was just up on a cage and he was just picking him off um, from a from distance with, like, strikes, like, teeps the body, jabs, uh, crosses, and just he didn't get touched because Phillips just couldn't reach him. That, that, that's some special stuff. That, that, like, that's the good stuff. Um, and, you know, hopefully he, can, he continues to craft uh, that game because, like, really fun to watch you know where he trains at i can look i want to say they mentioned it on the broadcast fan fan MMA in fort worth texas uh that's the same gym as uh people are familiar i don't know huh Just a small gym in Texas, apparently. The guy who his main like his, the only other pro with a winning record there is a super heavyweight who fought Josh, like Josh Cop Copeland in 2013. Antonio Lopez, and he's a super heavyweight. Hmm. Oh well, well, whatever they're doing, it's uh. It's working. He, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's the star of that gym. <laughs> go out, go out on a limb, and say uh, he, he's definitely the star of that gym. Uh, probably. I don't remember who was on the broadcast. Sorry, it might have been Dan Hardy. Uh, mentioned that he talked to some of the like fighters, and they spent time down there. So. Knows. Yeah, but he's 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 holding it down. Somebody to definitely keep an eye on. So, shouts to him, uh, getting his uh his victory, getting the finish. And the last fight on the card, uh, Louis Smoker returning back to the UFC, uh, after winning some fights on the regional scene, coming back to bantamweight, fighting Sue, uh, Mutajiri. If I'm saying that correct, um. All I remember from this fight is Smoker just wanted to grapple to death and <laughs> just go for takedowns, try to work the ground game. Uh, I think Sue landed like one good flurry and then got taken down immediately after. Smoker was just really adamant about getting this to the ground. Um, and he ended up getting an armbar. Um, to Mudajiri, Mudajiri, I don't know how to say his name. Uh, to his credit, like his team, like I guess they were front, they, they were forward about like they hadn't had much ground training for him, um, and he didn't look terrible on the ground. Like he he was able to recover guard a lot in the first round. Um, he was going for stuff, like trying to get up off his back. It just didn't work. Cause Smoke was such a good like wrestler and grappler from the top. Um, like, but yeah, Smoko, and just by the end, like, Smoko was just beating the crap out of him. 
from the top with like really heavy ground and pound. Um, and then he submitted him with an armbar. So, uh, welcome back to the UFC, Smoker. All right. <laughs> like, I'm I'm curious if they brought Smoker in because they thought they thought they had something in Sue, and we're just like, okay, we're gonna bring back one of the flyweights for him to beat, and then they brought back Smoker, who is probably who is just the worst stylistic matchup for him. It's like a really strong chain wrestling grappler. So, I don't know what the plan was, but I'm happy Smoker's back. He's got a job. And, yeah, you could tell it meant a lot. He cried for a long time after he uh he got that W. So, yeah, man. Shout out to him. I mean, and they were talking about it in the broadcast, but he came back from alcoholism for this. So. Yeah. Going through that and then coming back to Bantamweight because, you know, flyweight is just gone. Yeah, pretty like, much no man's land. He has like three fights left. Yeah, and that'll, that'll probably get sent over yonder somewhere. But uh, yeah, man, shout shout outs to uh, shout outs to Smoker, man. That was a really impressive performance. Just grappling clinic until he uh, until he got the submission, and that was the card. <laughs> that was uh UFC Beijing. Uh, according to Wikipedia, if these are correct. Uh, fight of the night was uh, Alex Morono and uh, Song Kanan, and uh, performances of the night went to the Leech and Francis Ngannou. Uh, so shout outs to those gentlemen. Pocketing, I guess, would be like extra 50k or whatever. Um, shout outs to them. Uh, get getting getting some extra money in the pockets. Oh, I just realized that the Leech was supposed to have fought Zaleski. Yep. Ah. That would be chaos. Oh, they gotta make that still. They gotta. They that has to happen. That that's that's too fun not to happen. I hope it happens on TV. Yeah, yeah you can. You cannot stash that away on a prelim. That that needs to be on television because somebody's dying. Um, but no, that that was UFC Beijing. Um, I, I really enjoyed this card. Like, even though it came on at like three thirty in the morning, it was convenient because it was on Fight Pass. So it's like even if I miss it. I know I can just log on and go back and watch it. I watched some of it at work, some I watched back home. So it was convenient on that front. And then <laughs> I feel like we make fun of the Swedes every episode. But, you know, some sometimes the UFC will go into a country, they'll put their local guys on the card, and their local guys will get starched. Um, but the Chinese fighters, especially the women, like they all, really all of them in general held it down, but especially the women because literally all of them won. But I mean, it, it was... I, I, in all fairness, it helps when the bar is hella low. Like, yeah. Because we're, we're only a couple of years removed from, like, that that tough China season where, like, they, they brought on the yoga master guy <laughs> who had never done MMA before, and they had to kick him off the show. <laughs> but, no, even still, man, like, they, all, all the Chinese fighters put on good performances, um... And like I said, if anything, if out of all the Chinese fighters, we probably have a future title contender in Wei Li Zhang. If if you don't keep an eye on anybody else, that's the one you have to keep an eye on because uh, I think her win has some will have some pretty big implications moving forward. Um, and like the the prelims were solid. Like I said, just a lot of prospects and 
probably unfamiliar faces to a lot of people showed out and had good performances. And then you move on to the main card. Every fight was pretty much on point. Um, if you're an Overeem fan, he didn't die this fight, so that was awesome. Um, Francis Ngannou came back. Uh, you know, he, he just, he's back. <laughs> he's, he's back doing what he has always done prior to, like, these last two fights. Um, so, yeah, man, UFC Beijing was a good time. If you don't have Fight Pass, then you can always sign up for the, uh, the free trial. Um, or you can pirate it. Or, or that. <laughs> I, I wasn't gonna say it, but you know, you you, you can. I mean, it's an option. It's not legal, it. but it's an option. Yeah. And we're all about options. Exercise your your uh, your right. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. So that was UFC Beijing, but no, re- really good card, man. I really enjoyed it. Um, so if you, if you haven't seen it, you have Fight Pass. Go back and watch it. The, the main card will go by pretty quick because the co-main and main event lasted like enough time for one round and then the other fights even though they went the distance they were all entertaining to watch um so yeah ufc beijing was a good time man really enjoyed it um like i said i wish it would have happened after chuck tito three but you know you could you could have potted around that my guy i yeah i could have but i I got. I got to get, get my prayer in order after this is over. So, ask for forgiveness and guidance. Uh, all that good. Nah, I do. Yeah, I'm too. I'm really hungry. Um, so yeah. On, on that note, uh, we'll just uh, wrap this up with uh, parting shots and shoutouts. Um, I feel like I had a shot at like the NCAA for something that happened. And shots in general. There you go. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure y'all did something this week that was stupid. So. I feel like it was a story. So I can't. Well, I need to really start writing. I say this every week, and I don't do it. I need to start writing my shots down. I never remember the people I want to make fun of, but I do have some shout-outs. Um, on a non-fight-related uh, note, or um, well, not really a shout-out, just a FYI. Um, if any of you guys want to use Hulu, um, it's holiday season at least for the next 34 hours at the time of this recording. Uh, we're recording on uh, November 25th. Uh, so, 34 hours from this point, you can get Hulu for 99 cents a month for the next 12 months. They don't pay us. This isn't a plug. I'm just FYI. If you want to spend 99 cents for 12 months, you can you can do that. You have to sign up within the next 34 hours. I might do that. Just, just passing the news along because somebody sent it to me. So, you know, if that interests you, uh, go ahead and do that. Um, also, um, moving on to the NBA, man. Shout out to Kimball Walker, who's been going off. <laughs> It's been just going off this month, man. Um, he had like a 60-point game, a 40-point game. Um, yeah, he had a couple lapses this month. I got the stats in front of me. A uh, couple of games he didn't do so good. But for the most part, man, Kimball Walker has been going off. And it just it's bittersweet because, I mean, if you – I've been a fan of Kimball Walker since he played in Connecticut, which if you haven't seen like his Connecticut highlights, go back and watch, man. The dude is – he is a really good, just a really good point guard, man. This dude is, he's always been a good player in the NBA, but he plays in Charlotte where you're just kind of in purgatory. So it's almost like, no, he had to have like a 60-point game for people to really take notice. But no, Kimball Walker is a really good basketball player, and it just really sucks that he's stuck in Charlotte with, with no help. 
I don't know what Michael Jordan's doing over there, but he, he hasn't gotten this man any help. It's, it's pretty much just the Kimba Walker show over there. Um, but nah, man, shout, shout out to Kimba Walker, man. Dude has just been been balling out of control. And uh, shout out to Gonzaga for handing Duke their first loss. As much as I watch, I, I, and I hate Duke, I, I can't emphasize that enough. But like their talent this season is too good to not watch. Uh, I can't lie, there's much t- must-see TV. But in the in, in the you know, core of my heart, I'm still a Duke hater. So when they lose, it still makes me smile. So shout-outs to Gonzaga. for Even though they missed 80 free throws down the stretch, they still uh, <laughs> they, they still got the W. So uh, shout-outs shout to them. And uh, like I said, I, I thought I had a shot. Pretty sure somebody in NCAA got me mad this week, but I can't remember, so you guys will live. Um but yeah, shout outs to Hulu, ninety nine cents a month. Shout outs to Kimball Walker balling out. Shout outs to Gonzaga for uh, handing Duke their first loss of the season. Okay. Um. Wait, what? Never mind. Um. Shouts to um. I don't know. White cheddar popcorn. <laughs> um. Because you know that's my, that's been my breakfast today, and um. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it, uh, Dimitri Baval. He he won a fight yesterday against John Pascal on HBO. So, just so. Oh, you know what? Shouts to um Carter Shields and Cecilia Breakhouse. We're gonna be fighting on HBO on December eighth. Hey, there you go. So it it took HBO leaving boxing for them to finally put on a friggin' woman's card. Well, not it's not an all woman's card. Chaco Tito's on it. But, you know, car featuring a um, couple women. And one in the main event. So, there you go. There you go. Oh, real quick before we leave. Because we well, mentioned the last podcast, but we're coming off the holiday. How, how was Thanksgiving? I drove to Delaware, hung out with my family, then drove back. What is, uh, what's the one food you have to have on Thanksgiving? Uh, I don't really have one. I'm like, I'm not like a, um, like, I'm, I, I don't, I'm not with the turkey. Like, I'll eat it, but it's not like, it's my least favorite bird to eat. That's overrated. I'm like, can we just, like, can we just fry a chicken? Because <laughs> it's so much better. No, I'm, I'm with you. Turkey, turkey's, turkey's not bad, but it's overrated. But like I, yeah, I'm not like a, I'm not like, a, like these people get really excited over Thanksgiving food. Like not that like not my not that like my family can't cook or nothing. It's just like I'm not I'm I'm not about that life. That's As someone who indulges in all the worst food on an almost daily basis, like it, it's just like oh a, a special day for eating. Every day is a special day for eating if you're me. <laughs> Hey man, I, I ain't mad at that. Um, I think for me, um, I definitely love collard greens. That is a, it's always a must-have for me. Sweet potato pie is probably the most important. Um, hey. That, yeah, that, that's pretty much what I look to every Thanksgiving. It's all about sweet potato pie and mac mac and cheese is uh, also a staple. Um, yeah, thanks Thanksgiving was cool. Uh, saw my dad, saw my uncle, ate good food. I had the itis about like one thirty. And um, I remember watching the Bears game, and I passed out in the first quarter. And by the time I woke up, I think the game was over. 
that's how my Thanksgiving went. So it, was, it was a wait, good time. You, you missed the Megan Trainer concert? Yeah. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was out, man. I, I, I died. I died. I, I died. I died and came back and ate some more and then uh died. Yeah, but it was you know de- decent Thanksgiving. Did didn't do anything too crazy, but um you know de- decent holiday. We got got Christmas uh uh coming up around the corner. Still need to finish buying gifts for, but that's I need to start buying gifts. So you're ahead of me. <laughs> you know, hey man, take 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 advantage of these uh. These sales. Uh, uh, wait, uh, I'll say it for off, 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 whatever recording. Oh, also real quick before we leave, shout out to Black Thought. He's dropping an album. I want to say by the time you, yeah, I want to say by the time you guys hear this, it should be out. Prisoners and of Conscious it, too, right? Yeah, and it just sounds like this is gonna be really good. I really love that single they put out. Um, go support Black Thought, man. It's it's gonna be a really really awesome album. Um. So yeah, so those those are shout outs. Hope you guys had a good, good holiday. Um, man, the, the year is coming to a close. Um, as you mentioned, uh, we were talking right before we started uh, recording. Um, it's a lot of cards <laughs> coming in the next couple weeks. It never um, effing ends. Yeah, I don't know. Like, and like next week. They're like a bunch of cards that are happening like at the same time. There are two UFC so, cards, two Bellator cards, fucking Tyson Fury versus <laughs> Deontay Wilder. I'm sure there's a kickboxing card because I haven't freaking uh, looked into it, but I bet there is one. Yeah. So I don't know how we're going to cover all of these. Um, it might end up being one of those podcasts where we just kind of pick just the hot topics and just kind of the best fights and i mean believe me we're going to talk about the yonsei wilder versus oh no yeah 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 Yeah, we have to those two are too strange not to have some shenanigans that'll probably get first dibs like that'll probably be the first thing we talk about (laughs) but you know just bear with us this it's a lot to cover um and we I, i try to fit these or we try to our best of ability to fit the episodes within a respectable time frame uh (laughs) <laughs> we we come up on the short end of the stick more often than not, but we try. But um, nah, man. It, yeah, next week's gonna be kind of challenging, man. It's it's a lot to cover. It's gonna be a lot to to um to sift through. Um, but I can tell you that Bellator Italy card that ain't the move. If you're excited for that, we ain't got nothing for you. I mean, is it gonna be in the Coliseum? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I I'd be excited for it. I'll do. But uh, if if you're expecting that for for some Alessio Sakara coverage on this podcast, um, I don't speak no Italian, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say, man. I don't I don't know if we're gonna have it for you. We we'll, we might give it like a, a a quick mention, just whether if he won or lost. But uh, as far as in depth coverage goes, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. But um, nah, man, it's uh. It's been another episode of the uh, Dojo Talk podcast, man. Appreciate you guys for listening. As always, you can catch us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. Hit me up on Twitter, at Serial Sensei. You can also hit us up on the Dojo Talk podcast Facebook page. Send questions to Dojo Talk podcast at yahoo.com. And you can purchase my book, The Oddball Chronicles, on Amazon right now for 99 cents. Thank you to everybody 
who purchased it. Um, I didn't know it was Small Business Saturday, so I, I bombarded somebody's post and posted my book, and somebody bought it. So shout-outs to you, uh, at chill underscore designs. She'll probably never listen to this, but... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> who knows? You know, pre pre appreciate the the purchase. The the ninety nine cents is going to a good cause. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, it's um, Christmas season. Go go buy the book for your family. Yeah, man. Ninety nine cents. This is a Black Friday sale all year round. <laughs> ninety nine cents of your time. And I will be putting out a final road to the All Bar Chronicles episode, just talking about the future of the book and other things I'm working on. Um, that'll be coming pretty soon. Uh, might even be out by the time you guys hear this. But uh, either way, uh, thank you guys for listening to the Dojo Talk podcast. I'm your host, Serio Sensei. As always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.